KD is KD. I don't even know if KD's frozen. But let's I know. let's I'm switch this around. Here. I think we need to put Sean in the middle. KD, hold on. Hold on. I got to put. Oh, that's all right. We we'll get a little cream going on in there. That works. Legi- Boom. Legitimate. There you go. Legitimate. You know, <laughs> double, oh, double, oh boy! <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this is not only fans. We don't need double stuffed. <laughs> okay, yeah. Listen, okay. It's Friday. It's finally Friday for everyone out there, <laughs> and we are getting into this. Welcome to the Who Move My Freedom podcast, everyone out there. Uh, we're glad to have you. We're doing this live on Utreon, so we could uh, put our gun, our, our clappers in the air. We could throw up some gun clappers here for you guys because we're on Utreon. So if you're watching this later on other places that shall not be mentioned, and you want to see it live and actually hang out with us, go on to Utreon. Or even if you're listening to it on audio and you want to, you know, you want to watch this, I I would say to you guys, um, you know, go on to Utreon. That's the place to go so that you can do all that. And while you're here. You know, hit the arrow ups under the title. That's what you do so that you can comment and everything along with us. Make sure you check out HankStrange.com as well. That's the website. I don't know, Lola, you have to let me know if we've got the new website up or not. We're switching over right now as we speak to a streamlined, awesome website that we've been working on for a while uh, with our friends from, uh, two way gun show. We'll talk, we'll talk about all that, but go over there. You'll find all the different ways to follow us, support us. All that kind of stuff is over there. Big shout out to Tusk right there. Tusk firearms crypto for sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate those guys. Let me load up everyone in here. There there's Kevin and notice this. I said this before we started the NOC (laughs) is getting progressively bigger and this there will be a whole beanie that it will just be noc all over the damn beanie by the next next time by the next time kevin is up here i'm not making that up just you you guys could tell me in the chat or not that noc keeps getting bigger we are are, it's it's not it's it's not getting bigger. It's just the material that it's on. See what the see. This is a beanie. You can't have it all tiny in the middle because then you wouldn't be able to see it, right? You want to have Kevin, a little. Your sorry, NOC you was a, your NOC was originally the size of that circle in the middle, the O. Yeah, and and people couldn't appreciate the greatness. Oh, oh my lord! So I had to um, yeah. expand and expound. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we also have Sean Curtis here for Pew Pew Tactical uh, joining us. Your Pew Pew is not big enough, Sean. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> you can't. It's not. You gotta stretch it out. Yeah, stretch it out. Um. Yeah. Th- okay. There you go. Um. All right. So listen. Let's get this kicked off right now. I'm gonna kick off the open. Let's do this. Welcome back. The and welcome back here to the show. Life Hit the subscribe, the thumbs up, ring the bell, arrows up, all that kind of good stuff. Let me ring the bell right now. We are live. There you go. We got to do the jazz hands also. Let's see the jazz hands in the air. It's finally Friday here. We're live. We can show guns. You guys can show guns whenever you want to because it's Friday. Well, every day now we can show guns. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 842 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Like I said, my guests are Sean Curtis. Let me go to him right there. Look at that handsome, you know, uh, look at that. That's like so classy, man. I don't know. You know, so classy, that that bow that you just did there, you know, it's almost like, yeah, imperial, almost imperial. 
Hank. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. <laughs> right. We also have uh so so Sean's coming from Pew Pew Tactical, as we've mentioned here before. Um, you know, and uh you guys have been on together before. We also have Kevin Dixie of No Other Choice, NOC joining us. We, yep. the la- the good last- to be here. Glad to be back with the peoples after a while. And yeah, me and Sean have hung out a couple of times. And it's good to be back with the with the folks. Everybody but Hank. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. You started in with the logo, man. I was minding my own business. Uh, I'm not lying. I'm not. I just observe what's happening in the world around me, and that NOC is progressively getting bigger. That's all I'm saying. And you know it's true. All he does is go to his graphic guy and go, I think the NOC is not big enough. <laughs> oh. And he's just laughing because he knows it's true. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what's going on. What's up with you guys? What's up? What's going on? Who's going for Oak there? Kevin? Kevin's blazing yeah, I'll, I'll jump in kevin just took a yeah, drag there. Uh, yeah i think uh for me it's been a pretty big transition in my life recently left law enforcement and came on full-time with pp tactical uh and actually moved to texas holy moly so okay yeah, yeah so you are a texan now because that's where that's where pp tactical is right right yeah the headquarters mm-hmm. moved over here and uh we're able to enjoy a lot more NFA type items and mm-hmm. other restricted, otherwise California items that uh, we couldn't normally enjoy. So uh, life is good, man. Life, yeah. life is good. How it's does freedom well. feel to you? You were in California before. I forgot that. I wasn't in California. No. I was in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in Colorado. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. The boss was in uh, California. Colorado wasn't too bad. It was a little bit restrictive, but um, it kind of in the wrong direction, you know, like with the magazine bands and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels good, man. Uh, I, I'll tell you a funny story. You know, you got to move somewhere. You got to get set up with a new doctor, new dentist, new uh, everybody to take care of your uh, aging need. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, when I first showed up, I forgot that. I'm just always carrying concealed, right? And um, I, the lady was like, uh, sir, we're going to need to have to uh, take your shirt off, please. And uh, I said, ma'am, um, I don't want to alarm you. Uh, I'm a retired peace officer, and I am carrying concealed. She looked at me like, ah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is Texas. Off, You're in Texas. Think yeah. you're special or something? Everybody carries concealed around here. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me here in Florida, and and no one has ever commented to me. Like I've gone to see my doctor and have my my gun on me or whatever. They don't, you know. I don't. I'm, I'm now like I live in a you know the place where I'm going to my doctor's office is pretty liberal for Florida, but at the end of the day, you know what can they do? I don't like. I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable either. But you know. Right. Um, a lot of yeah, a lot of folks are, are gun folks, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on in places like this. So. It is pretty interesting because especially here in Austin, um, Austin is like a liberal bastion within Texas. So um, you do run into a little bit more of the other side of things. But, yeah, it's still Texas. I mean, uh, at its root, uh, 
Um, a lot of folks have guns and a lot of folks are not adverse to carry. Yeah. Um, 42 chilled, I think it said this. He's, uh, he says, did she show you hers? <laughs> not yet, but I've got another appointment. So maybe I'll ask next time. <laughs> yeah. Like I know my, uh, my dentist, she's, uh, she's, she's a gun chick. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people in Florida, man, regardless of, uh, of of where they're from but you know what i i understand how that is you know it, it happens yeah. so what's up with you kevin dick is kevin dixon where yeah dixon, i'm here dixon, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm right here like uh, first of all i would be remiss and i'm not going to be remiss because it's a big okay. thing hey brother congratulations on your uh, retirement all right notice um no small theater it's just uh you know switching over and doing something totally different i know what it's like to walk in and do something every day and then all of a sudden you switch up man so blessings to you and i hope it brings you uh, peace and prosperity in your life Amen yeah thank that. you i appreciate that and i know you've been there too so i, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that mm -hmm. not a problem so um as far as i go i um i don't know i got i'm not quite i can't really tell everybody the, the great thing that that's happening i could maybe in january february right now i can't talk about it but the um I just been out working on uh, training. My focus now is uh, is is really training, continuous education, and help. Uh, recently, the the cool thing I've done was a start changing up my curriculum, um, just to always step it up. Every 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 six months or so, I'm really getting there and fine tuning things, and I get really excited about it. Uh, so the the training from No Other Choice next year is going to be even better. And the uh, I just left. Glock. I've spent 16 hours, two days over there at Glock HQ, which is not too far from my house. Went over there and went through an MOS operator course with uh, Glock's uh, managing instructor, Mr. Scotty Banks, and a new instructor, uh, Chad McIntyre from Springfield and uh, Missouri. And we just got it in. So I'm hot off the press with the guns and the red dots and feeling good, man. Feeling good. I'm feeling real yeah. good. And they're running. Did running you did you mention did you mention to them over there that you uh, that you're a uh, HKVP9 guy? Okay, first of, or, first, of, first of all, I wish I would have known about this so I First of all, I'm in a building full of people that know how to shoot, so I'm gonna watch my mouth. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna watch my mouth. Now, I, I, everybody they know I like the HK, but I'm not a Glock hater. I think I think that's where it came from. Like, it's something about if you like HK, you automatically hate Glocks. It must be a thing. I'm not really familiar with, but no, man, I like, I like Glocks. They're reliable. Matter of fact, the, the first time I said, I don't like Glocks is I said, I don't like them because they're, they're too predictable. Mm -hmm. They're the standard. There's really nothing to really flex off of them. I wanted to go some and try something new, you know, have a, a different yeah. opinion because they are just what they are. Right. They, they're mm -hmm. the standard and you build from there, but no, I like them. Yeah. But no, I didn't, um, you didn't, didn't mention didn't, this. Didn't, you didn't mention this. You I, didn't, you, no, did didn't, you didn't wear an it. HK shirt when you went there? First, look, no, Okay. No, I wore I wore an NOC shirt. You should have seen the size of that logo, right? I wore, I wore an NOC shirt, and then I, I I humbly walked out on the range and um did my thing. But no, I definitely didn't wear no other gun paraphernalia. Right? Hell no, not in Glock, no sir. Every gun guy, I think, like I always tell, I always say, every gun guy should have a should own a high point, which I believe in that. You know, like that's easy. Agreed. It's easy to get a high point. You should have a Glock too. I'm sure you have. You got some Glocks, right? You own some Glocks. Who me? You? Yeah, I thought. Yeah, you at oh, least. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Like yeah. without even saying, I own a lot of them. I got one on my hip and one sitting right next to me. Yeah, I got. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean, you're a Glock guy, right? Or are you? Yeah, um, I love Glock. 
Mm-hmm. I carried them on duty. Uh, I used them for years. I recently switched to Walther. Uh, ah. Yeah. Man, you know what? You know what? Well, Usually I say people named Sean are terrible, which is true. That's like, this is like a known <laughs> fact. Okay. <laughs> Anyone named Sean is terrible. <laughs> All the Seans of the world. <laughs> this is how you ruin your babies. But no, okay. That's a, we'll talk about that later. But no, so you switched over to Walther. So have I, by the way. Um, yeah, what do you what are you uh, rocking? Was, what are you rocking from Walther? I was lucky enough to go to the PDP release out mm-hmm. in uh, Illinois last year and uh, got the train with the Walther Defense Division. So. Uh, Scott Jedlinski um, and Bill Blowers, a uh, bunch, bunch of Tatiana Whitlock, uh, like high caliber folks who really came together and ran us through the paces with that gun. And uh, it, it's not like your typical event where you might just show up and shoot a bunch of ammo and, you know, kind of collect your feelings, like mm-hmm. how you reacted to that gun. No. We were shooting. Uh, we were shooting night vision. We were shooting in the rain and the mud. Um, we were doing different drills. Tatiana had us doing like tactical yoga and shooting from the most ridiculous positions. But what we ultimately learned is how well that gun performs, and I really appreciated that. And in fact, uh, my last year, I switched to the Walter PDP and carried that uh, exclusively. Oh. Yeah, I think Walter's got cool stuff. When I first uh, when I first got into this, Walter's always looked a little bit funny, but always felt really good in the hands. What are you? What are you? What are you? What's what's that? I'm, I'm just showing. It's hard to see because of the light. I'm trying to see which way the camera is. Can't really see that. Oh, That's a good. Glock mug. Yeah, look, look at that. that. Yeah, nice it's a Glock mug. I see you the would... 1986 right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right here. Yeah. You got that. Where'd it go? go? Go to right, that right, yeah, right there. there Damn. You go. <laughs> See that? Look at that's a big flex right there. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you got the thermos. Damn. Got the thermos. Yeah. Now, I did. I did. Um, I am. I am very, very curious. You know, I have not shot that particular uh, Walther yet. Uh, I did talk to the guys at Walther uh, on Hank's recommendation, but I, I guess they're they're not they're not having problems selling guns. They're having problems keeping guns. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> get my hands on one so i can't wait to get my hands on one and really give him a run for his money and see what's up with it yeah here's what i here's what i carry right here man pps oh hold on let me see if i can go full i mean this is what this is what i carry all the time right here ppsm2 right there you know and and so like I'll, i'll just say this to everyone uh walther does sponsor the podcast Right. So um, and they've done that for actually for a few years, but they never put any pressure on me. Um, I was carrying a Glock 43 for a long time, but they never put any pressure. I took my time, figured out what I wanted to replace that 43. And I've I've uh, tried out a bunch of other Walthers in the past. I own uh, several Walthers, including the PDP, which is uh, freaking awesome. But the uh, PPSM2 was was awesome for me, man. I, I really enjoy this. So um I enjoy the ergonomics of it. What you got there, Sean? Yeah, that's the same for me, man. It's mm-hmm. uh, the ergonomics. Uh, you know, Glock is awesome. It's reliable as hell, super accurate, and I've always enjoyed it. But um, when I put my hand on that Walther, uh, the grip just immediately was impressive yeah. for me. Right. I have really uh, big hands, so I struggle with um, – yeah slide bite and uh, some other issues. But man, when I put my hand on that Walther, 
um, like the, the first thing we did was zero at 12 yards, and I shot a one-inch group, and um, I didn't have to adjust my grip, and I was really tickled about that. And things just improved from there, man. Uh, we got in with Scott Jedlinski, and he really ran us through our paces, and uh, I was just impressed with everything. But, but the biggest takeaway, like, if you hold the accuracy on par with Glock, if you um, hold the reliability uh, on par with Glock, which I think is saying quite a lot, because like Kevin said, they're the standard, and that's absolutely true. Um, the ergonomics was really where they kind of stepped above Glock for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, and I don't. I'm not trying to say that in a way to not Glock or anything like that. I mean, uh, I've I've not gotten rid of any of my Glocks. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> and I have a bunch. Yeah, and I have no plans. I have no plans to. But yeah, I think the ergonomics is a different thing. Um, but you know, Glock is kind of like a universal thing, and it's not the it's not the highest. Uh, you know, it's not the most expensive handgun out there either. You know. So we've got a lot of we've got a lot of cool options. Uh, Forty two chilled says uh, Q five SF. That's awesome. I don't have one of those. I always Walther makes some Walther makes some uh, some sexy guns out there. Yeah. Um, M Aven says I've never Michael Aven says I've never owned a Walther but would like to check them out. Um, I've seen Coleon Noir doing some stuff with the PPKs lately. I don't know if you guys. Um, like he was show, you know, he was showing the PPK, like the black one. I thought, let me see if I could pull that up somewhere. And he was talking about like, should you do what kind of grip should you get? Let me see if I could find. I was just telling Lola that that's I would really like to get one of those. You know, PPKs. We're talking like that's the James Bond gun right there, Kevin Dixie. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have you 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 probably don't have. Do you have one of those? I don't know if you no, have one yet. I have the um the Bursa version of it, but I don't have one of those. Yeah. So right here, this is from uh, Noir's Instagram right here. And I can, let me see if I can go bigger on this for you guys. I will go right into it here. Let's see. i got to take this out. Okay, boom. So check that out. So he's showing the wood grips. I want to see what you guys think. So this is black for everyone listening. This one's finished in black, and so there's wood grips. Oh, and then actually, oh, he's showing the stainless with the... I guess that's like a maybe like a G5 type of grip. I don't know which one you guys think looks better. I've I like the wood grips, the black with the wood grips. That's my yeah. I think I do too. That's what yeah. That's good looking. Yeah, that's what I think is the sexy one, for my opinion. I personally uh, would go for that. So I think you know uh, Christmas list right there. If if anyone out there is asking themselves what they should get for Hank Strange for Christmas. Yeah, I have other things I could put on that list. Do you guys have Christmas, like Christmas wish lists when it comes to guns? Mm. What's, mm. come on, what's the top, what's the top of your list? Even the folks out there, let us know, what's the top of you guys' list? Oh, the top, like, like the gun? Like, are we talking about within reason or you're just like, whatever? Are we talking about something you can get out of a store? Let's do two. Let's do two. One ridiculous and one within reason that if you're if your significant other is looking at this or someone who just thinks you're real super sexy and they want to take care of you for Christmas, but they're not related to you, they could get this and make you happy. <laughs> Dream gun would be one of the first one hundred select fire MP5s. Oh my gosh, what is that? That's gotta be like 
Yeah, that's got to be money. I mean, it's going to be well over a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Easy. If you if somebody will even come off of it, if they'll even sell it, because mm-hmm. those are with all the uh, you know the VPs and mm-hmm. the well-to-do people, you know, if yeah. they'll even sell it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I would want. I want one that's of the nice. first one hundred off the line select fire MP5s. Hmm. Um, okay. That would be my dream. Like gun, bring that home. Uh, out the store gun. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to go with this gun because every time I look at it and I can buy it, even at dealer cost, and I never pull the trigger. But I'm going to go with the um, – I think I'm going to go with the SCAR. I don't know if it'll be the 17 or the 20, but one of them. I'm going to mm. go with the SCAR. I just never actually pull the trigger and buy it. Okay, but you, have shot, do you have shot <laughs> – you have shot SCARs though, right? Oh, absolutely. I just don't buy them. I don't know why. Yeah, I think the SCAR is nice. The SCAR is nice. Um, yeah. I don't have one. I don't have one either. I'm probably in the same boat as you. I have not uh, pulled the trigger and bought one yet, but that's a nice gun I would like to have in my collection. Um, and then Lola said that that's very specific <laughs> with the so far as the MP5, <laughs> but that's still yeah. a good choice. That's still a good choice. Sean, what you got? What would you? What would be your uh, your two things there? Man, it's tough. Um, for the dream gun, I don't know. I, I still lean toward like a Barrett or a McMillan mm. or something like that, like a 50 cal, something long range, maybe even a 338, um, just a long range. You know, I, I think that fits the bill when you're spending anywhere from twelve to $15,000 for a <laughs> mile or so. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the uh, bipod and uh, glass and everything that, that's required to make that work. Oh, yeah, that um, could, that that whole setup could get very expensive. Yeah, that, yeah. Very expensive. that would be a, a pretty big Santa Claus present. But mm-hmm. uh, for for real world, man, my cup runneth over right now. I, I'm doing really well. I'm happy about pretty much everything that I've been exposed to recently. Um but I think, too, uh, maybe like the Daniel Defense Delta Five, the pro version that they have out there, I'd like to check that out. I love the – I've got a Delta Five now, and I absolutely adore that gun. But What is um, – um, so what is that the bolt action from Daniel Defense? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I have not shot – how, how is that? It's nice? Oh, man. Um, I reviewed it for Police One a couple years ago, and mm. – uh, had a great time with it. I put it in the safe after I cleaned it, and mm. probably a year and a half went by. I threw it in the case, drove out to Grinnell, Iowa, and mm. uh, spent time with our friends at Brownells and shot some video for uh, ARFCOM out there. Mm-hmm. I pulled it out of the case, dusted it off, put some rounds in it, and shot a like a three quarter inch group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's an outstanding rifle. It is really good. I dig it. Yeah. For anyone who is interested, let me throw that up here. So which one do you have? Do you have the 6.5 Creedmoor one? or yeah, three I have the 6.5 Creedmoor, and uh, it is a smoker. I love that gun. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay. Out of stock right now, but uh, what is it, like 1800 and yeah. you could get it, you could get it, so anyone who wants to get that for uh, me, Kevin Dixie, and Sean, uh, you can find you can finance it for eighty nine dollars a month. <laughs> and there's a pro version. Now. There's there's one that's like even uh, a little bit higher up than this one. It's it's got a different chassis to it. So, oh, pro version? Um, huh. Yeah, it's it's 
even more hot than that. Oh, okay. Let me see. Uh, let me put in pro here on my search and see if I could uh, if I can come up with that. What's the difference with the pro version? Delta five. Like I said, it's just got a different chassis and. Oh, um, I see. Oh. Oh yeah. yeah. Bring that sexiness up. That that one that one can get it right there. Oh, oh, Kevin. Are you seeing this right here? That is that is. Yeah, that's well. That's a that's a sexy looking chassis. I, I tell you that. You know what? Yeah. How many different colors? That that's a nice color right there. I like the OD green. MDT level chassis like uh, with their bolt action pattern gun. It's just it's that's nice. What um? Oh, how much is the pro one? I'm not sure. I haven't priced. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I don't see it right here. That's why I'm asking. I don't. Like I don't see them. Um, yeah, look at that though. Half inch MOA guarantee. That's that's pretty outstanding, man. Hold on, I'm gonna have to hit shop in order to find out how much it is. <laughs> oh, that's like twenty five hundred. Okay. <laughs> that's twenty five hundred. Okay. That's not too. Mm. That's really not too bad though for a half year. inch MOA. That's not bad. No, that's not too. I mean, because you're getting like. Um, you know, a custom stock really—it's a whole bunch of things. It looks like they changed from that, from the yeah. from the regular version. Uh, the stock, Very the colors, cool. yeah. Uh, so you the only thing bad about about long guns like that, and and for anybody out there that might get into the long gun game, maybe you want to have fun, go plink with some friends, or maybe get a new hobby. Let me tell you something: when you pick up a long gun, say twenty five hundred bucks. I'm gonna need you at minimum, at minimum, to budget that twenty five hundred dollars in glass, minimum. Right. <laughs> so don't think that you're gonna buy a long gun, and then go get some Nikon, uh, one hundred and seventy nine dollar optic out the case at Cabela's, and all of a sudden start running that gun. I've oh. seen so many people do it. You, you stop. Six hundred, six hundred is decent. <laughs> Yeah. I'm that dude. I'm that dude right here. <laughs> no. You got to go spend some money on some guy. You get a gun like that. You get a 6.5. I mean, a 6.5 Creedmoor out of a chassis like that anyway, you can push a mile easy, right? So you're going to need some yeah, you're going to need some glass to 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 really complement that. You go spend $600 on a piece of glass that easily lets you see and calculate a, a, a mile, you let me know. With yeah, glass. no, no, no. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no way to get that. Yeah, no. Scope rifle class uh, taught mm. by a former SEAL sniper named mm. Mark Hodley from uh, Colorado, and that was the one thing that he said: is it doesn't matter to some degree if you if you get a decent manufacturer of a rifle, then go ahead and get it. But you got to consider that your glass is going to be the biggest component that is going to help you be successful. So uh, add really good glass to your rifle, even more than you would spend for your rifle, and uh, mm -hmm. consider that a formula for success. Okay, let's do a poll right now of the people and see where the people are at. Do you do at least as what the, what the gun costs on this kind of gun, not every gun necessarily? I don't know if these guys are saying that, but de definitely this type of gun, and also in the circumstances that K that KD is saying that you're trying to reach out maximum to a mile, is it like at least the same amount of money you spent on the rifle, or is it a fraction of that? Let us know which one you are, which you know at least that same money or a fraction. I'm in the fraction camp, you know, but I'm not doing it like on a professional level like that. 
but I, I'm, I'm gonna start on a fraction cap. Now, probably for that, 600 is not gonna be good enough. You might have to spend, you know, 12, 1500, I think, pushing it out a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you go in a mile, if you go in a mile, I don't know, I'm not really gonna be trying to shoot that thing a mile on a regular basis. Hey, yeah, let me tell you something. But, you you find somewhere to shoot a mile. You'll do it on a regular basis. That is such such a, a a different feel. Like when you can just lay there for you know five hours and because you might only shoot. I don't know. It depends on how dialed in you are. You might only shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't know twenty thirty rounds, maybe forty if you're having a real good time. But man, being able to actually see the trace of that round mm-hmm. head out there and it's it's a just a different. It's a different experience. It, it really is. It's like I tell, but you know, my 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 polite argument has always been: once you've been, you know, doing defensive shooting or get your hands on a lot of pistols and you know, 16, 16 inch guns, and you do all that stuff for a while, there's really, you know, outside of shotguns and stuff, there's only really two places you can truly go: that's long range or night vision. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it costs to play in those worlds, baby. Yeah, I mean what I was going to what I was going to say to that is if you're really going to shoot on a regular basis at a mile, this uh the Daniel Defense is probably not where you're going. You're probably going for a gun that's at least 5 somewhere between 5 and $10,000 like entry level. Probably to be honest. Probably now, now think yeah. about the glass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say in that realm, I'll be around two grand, maybe twenty five hundred. Uh, <laughs> I have philosophical issues. <laughs> just, just can't spend it, huh, Hank? But listen, it's always worth it to spend good money on your mounts and stuff like that. I think you know you can't go wrong. Yes. Trying to go, you got to do so, that. Uh, yeah, I, I have some particular experience here that I'd like uh, to share with you, Hank. That was uh, I was lucky enough to go to Steiner in Greeley, Colorado, and build a T5XI scope, and, uh, and the thing is, it is amazing. What I didn't realize was uh, I would have to go through and into a clean room, right? So I had to put on a smock and a hairnet. I know that's funny because I don't have any hair, but I went into this room and I had to walk through like the sticky uh, shoe cleaning thing and then spend the best part of a day uh, assembling the scope. And I was led through the process by all of these ladies. That- what, co- what company is it? Sorry, I want to pull it up. Um, huh? Steiner. Oh, Steiner. Okay. That name so, sounds expensive. P5. Oh yeah, hell yeah, Steiner, Oof, Steiner, anything. P P five X five. P five X I. P five X I. Okay, cool. So yeah, we could. magnifications. Go for the biggest one. Okay, um, so I'm pulling that up here on the side. Expensive. There are, and, and this may surprise you, but there uh-huh. are ten lenses in that scope. There are ten pieces of Wait, glass. Wait, that's not even coming up right here. Uh huh. And we actually making a bunch of stuff. that thing from the base and had to clean each of those lenses. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times I cleaned them, I wasn't doing them satisfactorily. And uh, ultimately, the scope that I built, uh, we assembled it, we tested it on the uh, impact simulator, 
and then went out and shot it on uh, some Tika 308s out to 1,200 yards. And, ooh, uh, ooh, the price just came up. Ooh. Okay. It was an amazing experience. <laughs> uh, it made me appreciate why that price might be the way it is. Um, yeah. That's like $3,000. I don't know if I got even the, the this is, uh, I'm looking at the one to five by 24. So that's not. Oh, yeah. no, you looking at, you ain't even looking at them. Is that, that's not, yeah. the, that can't be no, the big that's boy. Not, no, that's not the big boy. Let me see if I could, how to, what's the, what, uh, what thing would that be? What would the. I say it's I-56. It's, it's something, uh, pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. I got to go look at all their stuff. Oh my. Yeah. If that one, if, if that one is $3,000, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> I don't think I want to know what the other ones are. It's the five to 25 by 56. Five to 25 by 56. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Let's see if we could find that here. Uh, and the thing of it is, it's an amazing optic. Uh, even though my inaccurate hands assembled that thing, um, I saw how much effort everyone puts into those. And uh, it made me realize what a quality product they have going out the door and why it's so time intensive. I mean, they have to pay people to, to build those things. And um, there is a small shop in Greeley, Colorado, with a room full of smock-wearing, hairnet-wearing people who walk across sticky tape to go into a clean room and assemble that baby so that you can go out and make your shot. Oh, yeah. that's So that's, that's between... 2600 $2, bucks. Yeah, it says here between three and like 3000 and 4600 depending on which one you get. That's on Steiner. Yeah, that's so obviously... It depends on minor, uh, model. Yep. Yeah, depends on the one that you're getting. I mean, jeez. Okay. Mm. Hey man, yeah, you know I what? I don't need to shoot at a mile. I don't need to shoot at a mile. I'm good. Uh, I can do half think, a mile. I can do half a mile. <laughs> I'm good with half a mile. <laughs> I got one of their one of fours. I like that thing, Carlos. Yeah, a half a mile is good with me. <laughs> Just reduce your distance. <laughs> reduce your distance. I have. I do have one of those. I have one of those um, bolt action. Uh, six five Creed Moors, but not like, like the uh, the Daniel Defense one looks kind of nice. Um, so I have this guy from Steiner, right? I don't know if you can see it. Uh, so I have this one. Try yeah, to your back light up is a little super bit. bright. Yeah, go closer. Actually, go closer. Go closer. Is that the, one, the one to six? Is that an LPDO? Yeah. And then come over. There you yeah. go. Right there. Right there, there Katie. Katie. Right there. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So which what's the what's the um the thing on that? What's one to this? Four. So one that's to four. A, this is a one to twenty four. So this is more for your you know your your, your standard rifle, sixteen inch gun, fourteen and a half, mm -hmm. thirteen, whatever. Um, and this one is for oh, a one to four by twenty four. Okay, which is kind of where you're gonna start at is the LVPO. I mean, it's a little bit over nine hundred bucks. Yeah, that's and you wanted to spend six hundred dollars a hank for something to go long range, and this little <laughs> thing that just goes a couple hundred, you know, three four hundred yards yeah. is a thousand bucks. Yeah, 
I think you yeah. have to ask yourself, like, what range are you really shooting at now? It, and it really depends on what you're doing. I think if you're getting out into the mountains and going after, like, those, you know, those uh, whatever... Uh, mountain, yeah, mountain goats and all that kind of stuff, I think you probably will be, you know, you probably do want to be effective out to a mile or something like that, you know. It depends on really what kind of hunting you're doing or even what kind of fighting you think you're going to be doing. I always tell people that. Think about the distance that you're going to be fighting at, you know. If you if you're getting um I I get into this all the time with people. If you're getting a house to defend, if you're getting a gun to defend your home, like what distance are you going to be shooting at inside your home? Oh. You'll be you point know? shooting really. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be 10 yards, maybe a little bit more than that, 12, probably less than that. You know, you really want to think about it and you want to make sure you're good in that distance. <clears throat> and there's and there's obviously other considerations you want to think about. So, but yeah, if you're taking it out, just ask yourself what distance you're going to be hunting at and, you know, if you're one of those dudes just to get out to the mountains to go after those mountain goats is going to cost you money. <laughs> oh man, you're right about that. But you know, Hank, after a while, there's there's um, ethics coming to play, and you mm -hmm. can't take a shot out past a certain distance because it's more difficult for you to determine mm -hmm. uh, where your round is going to land. And mm -hmm. can you take that shot? Are you going to harm and injure that animal, or are you going to put it down? So yeah, um, that's true. I think you can't you can't get too crazy with uh, long distance and taking game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is so? What are people doing with with long distance at a mall like that? Are most people just doing competitions, or what's happening with that? That's my understanding. Um, I was at a recent event and was lucky enough to get on a wheeler and uh, at a wheeler event and get on a McMillan and shoot out to a thousand yards. Uh, mm -hmm. And holy crap, that was impressive. But uh, even at a thousand yards, um, just just having that experience of uh, you know pulling, pressing that trigger back, and having the world kind of erupt in front of you, uh, feeling the muzzle break and uh, the wash come over you, and um, and then hearing that steel just absolutely scream at, at the end of that thousand yard trip. Uh, that was fun, man. That, that was uh, that was noteworthy, mm -hmm. and uh, I can't imagine that too many more people would be using it for much other than competition. Mm -hmm. um, granted, that McMillan was the rifle that had the uh, world record for longest distance kill from that uh, Canadian sniper. Yeah, what is the longest distance? Is that like something like close to three miles or something nowadays? It's, uh, it's or. How far is what? How far is the longest distance that's being held now? Because I know it's been going up real fast. Like, is it by? I thought a guy from Canada held it. Yep. Um, it is uh, twelve thirteen hundred and seventy yards. Actually, thirty five forty three thousand five hundred forty meters. So what is that? Is that that's under two miles? I think it's a little bit over. It's a little over. Three thousand thirty-five hundred and forty meters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be yeah two point two miles. 2 Slightly 2. over two miles. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that record is for getting a kill at that distance. Right. Oh, From right. a Canadian sniper. Mm. <laughs> With a McMillan. 
Okay. And, and you know. Oh, I think we did. Sean freeze up there. Okay, he might have frozen up. Um. All right. Yeah. KD and I are still here. We'll get him back here in a second. Uh. Yeah, that's crazy right there, man. I don't know when you're getting into that level, Kevin Dixie. Yeah. Um, you know, man, look, I've, I've shot my, my longest distance that I've shot is a mile and a half. Um, I did it mile with a 260 nozzler out in Wyoming mm-hmm. uh, at Lucid, uh, at the Lucid range out there in Wyoming and mm-hmm. uh, hit a mile and a half. It was a pretty forgiving target. It was a pretty big target, to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. But so what I did, and I got my challenge coin and I was happy and I got up and I walked away. Mm-hmm. Give me a damn coin. And I'm done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but um, I, you know, when I, you know, you really have to be out west, and there's there are some places in the southeast you can, but out west is where you really get that opportunity to do that, man. But I'm gonna tell anybody if you look everything within reason, man. Don't go, you know, in a second mortgage on your home and all that stuff. Sometimes you just gotta maybe just, you know, shoot a buddy's gun. But if you can get behind and you know buy ammo, help them out a little bit. But if you can get behind and start shooting distance, man, it's I equate distance shooting. I'm trying to see how you feel about this. I equate distance shooting to fishing. It's like, it's a fishing of like hunting is a thing, right? Fishing is its own little thing. I don't even know if you call it fishing, honey, but when you shoot long range, you are settled. Nothing's rushed. It is relaxing. It's kind of like when you fish, you throw the rod in there, you kind of, you know, you tinker around, you make sure your base hooked right. You relaxed a little bit. You take your time. Yeah. Then you go for it. You know, it's it's an art to it. It's cerebral. That's kind of what it's relaxing. Is, man. It's yeah. just it's mm-hmm. chilling. You're vibing. You're relaxing. Getting your your numbers all together, man. Checking the wind. You're not. You're definitely not rushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did Sean freeze again? <laughs> I think he's just thinking about the analogy. Yeah, I dropped. yeah. You just dropped. You dropped so much knowledge on Sean That's right. right now. He's frozen That's in right. position. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still there. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening with your internet over there, but we'll get we'll get it worked. Out. It on me, man. Yeah. So, what do you think about uh, what do you think about KD's analogy there? That's awesome. Um, there is a lot of trial and error. At least I'll say that on my part. There are plenty of people who can go out and have those calculations. They're able to read the wind. They're able to look downrange and see what's happening because you, you, you can take into account what's happening in your atmosphere, right? But you have to think about what's happening where you're shooting. And those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. So um, when you're shooting that kind of distance, uh, mm-hmm. for me, like I said, there's a lot of trial and error. I'll try something and I'll see how it went. And hopefully you've got a spotter who can tell you, give you a read and tell you, okay, you know, try this, try that, and, and they'll walk you in. But, yeah, I, I, I like that analogy um, because it's like fishing. You know, you go out and you might try one hole and try for a little while and it's not working. Maybe you try a different bait. Maybe you try a different hole. But um, it, it's tough, man. The, the people who are able to, you know, cold bore um, get a shot on distance, that's a skill, man. That is an absolute skill. And and uh investing in that is is really impressive yeah i look at um i look at like a a lot of the long long distance stuff or even like the night vision i think like kevin uh was talking about i look at it as like some thomas crown affair stuff you know right now Mm -hmm. at this point in my life i'm not getting all deep into that just because everything's split up 
But I think, you know, um, in the future, yeah, I'll be, you know, I, I imagine myself flying out on my private jet somewhere to the mountains. My Rolls Royce, uh, you know, uh, SUV meets me out there. We go off, you know, with my special custom <laughs> rifle. I'm out, I'm out shooting at two miles or whatever it is. Like but, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that stuff gets crazy. <laughs> That stuff gets crazy expensive when you when you start thinking about but it's cool. It's fun. It's one of those things when you get when you really get into it, like you're loading your own ammo. You know, uh, there's all these things that you're doing, like your guns probably one off. Right. You know, um, and I'm not knocking it at all. I've met some some folks who do that and it's an awesome thing. But for sure, a lot of money goes into that. Yeah, the, yeah, the thing you know though, that there are a thousand levels between um, someone who's just starting out and what you just described, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and your price point is going to get you there. What you want to spend, mm-hmm. yeah, how much you want to invest in reloading. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to get reliability and know what your bullet weights are. And uh, but there's plenty of good manufacturers out there too. It, it, it's just about like anything else, and you can invest as much time and money into it as you want yeah absolutely now lola's reminding me i brought up home defense and stuff she said that you have a thing you have something that happened with you recently that you wanted to tell us about sean oh in the regards to home defense Uh, what was that yeah it's kind of funny that you guys bring up um distances in in shooting uh i I was out uh, after i came on with pq i had a lot of trips that i went on real quick to uh, run out to different places and take videos and have different experiences and uh, create content, right? So I was in uh, Arizona at Gunsight and uh, having a great time with Crimson Trace and the folks out there. And while I was away, my family was staying at a VRBO because we just moved to Texas and we were trying to find a house to buy so that we could have all of our stuff moved there, right? We, we actually used pods to gather all of our stuff and store it for us. And then we bought a house and ended up uh, moving into that house later. Mm-hmm. But in the interim, we were staying at a VRBO. So because I was in Arizona, that Okay, what's that a VRBO? That's a vacation rental by owner. Oh, okay, so all right. Mm-hmm houses and they'll rent them out for a week or a month, whatever you want to do. We, we rented one for a couple of months okay. in anticipation of going out and house shopping, basically. Uh, so I was in Arizona and someone came to my door while I was not there and rang the doorbell at like three in the morning. Mm. And it wasn't just a doorbell ring. It was a creepy ring. Now, with all of them, <laughs> creepy calls, ring. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna explain that because I know there's a lot of people out there that are probably like, "What the hell is he talking about? A creepy mm-hmm. ring?" Mm-hmm. In Austin, especially in this older neighborhood, there are houses that were built in the '50s, and they have the old, old electric doorbells. And you can push those doorbells and hold those doorbells in, and they will continue to ring until you let go. Mm-hmm. So it's more like ding dong. And with the modern doorbells, you don't necessarily get that, that mm-hmm. same tone, right? Mm-hmm. That was the first clue. 
that something was amiss at our home, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next night, my wife heard again early in the morning someone pushing the buttons to the keypad, trying to see if they could potentially get the door to unlock. Um, would have been a bad day for them, right? My wife uh, knows how to defend the home, and she's well-armed, as you might imagine. But uh, I was pretty frantic to get home, and that Friday I did. And I came home, and I set up shop, because I was like, okay, you want to play? Let's do it. And I set up to where, first off, I had the dog stationed out where he was supposed to be. We had just gotten a puppy, and in order to keep her calm and let us sleep through the night, we had put them both back away out of the way from the uh, front door. And um, the number one reason we have a dog is to be a deterrent, right? I mean, they're great family companions, but barking at the door, even Department of Justice statistics will show you that uh, that is one of the main things that you can do to avoid any kind of conflict in your home, especially from a home invasion. So that's the first thing I did was set that dog up to where he was stationed outside the door. He had to sleep outside the door. Uh, the other thing I did, was bring my 300 blackout BCM with a Gemtech suppressor mm-hmm. and set it up ready to go with some subs. Um, with Trigicon MRO on here and I freaking love this AR pistol. It is uh, it's compact, it's amazing. Yeah, it looks, uh, uh, it looks uh, you know, short and light. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Was uh, I was ready to go, and so what happened next was uh, kind of a consideration. Now you have to think about. Sure, I was in law enforcement for 22 years, and uh, one of the things that really shaped me was working at a DA's office for the last seven and a half. Right. So I actually looked at cases where people defended themselves, where officers used force, and we. Uh, analyzed those cases and looked at them to determine whether they met with the laws, right? Uh, I set up a big, heavy toolbox just inside the door so that when the door went open, someone would probably trip on said big, heavy toolbox and fall to the floor, whereupon I could fill them with freedom seats. Okay. Um, I thought about that and I thought, you know, tactically, that's extremely advantageous, but is it the right thing to do? Is it defensible in a court of law after the fact? And here's what I came away with. Kevin, let me know what your thoughts are on this. That might not be the optimal position. Now, granted, I am within my home. I have Castle Castle Doctrine at my back. I have my family with me. And I have really no reason to flee the house versus avoiding the conflict, right? So what I did is instead of potentially tripping up someone who wanted to come into the house, I pushed that toolbox all the way up against the door. And I made it even that much more difficult for someone to come in. And I felt like, okay, if you kick that door and you break the door jam and you push through a big, heavy toolbox, that I have purposely positioned in front of that door, 
then I can wad you up very comfortably and not feel bad about it one bit. Okay. Uh, tripping someone might be a, a great tactical advantage, and uh, that that might be, you know, that would, oh, that would be a really bad day for you if you came in and experienced that situation. But um, I, I wanted to do something that, number one, would avoid the issue if I possibly could, and then two, also prove that I did everything that I felt I reasonably could have to avoid that situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that there are people out there who probably think, hmm, you know, if someone messed around my door, maybe I'll sneak out the back and catch them the other side. <laughs> sure, I could have done that too. Uh, but is that defensible later? And, and it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's what happened. Uh, we went to bed and uh, I had everything ready to go. And at 1230, that dog went I mean, he started barking and raising all kinds of hell by the door. And then I flew out of bed and grabbed up the gun and posted. And I was ready to go, man. I mean, I was ready to light it up. Uh, And thankfully, that person made a decision, especially when they heard the dog. And they ran and Mm -hmm. took off. And they didn't come back that night. And, And avoided successfully that entire situation and did not have to use force. And I was happy about that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people think maybe in this scenario, I would do this and I would do that. But and I'm going to tell you, um, and, and please listen to me when I say from, from having worked at a prosecutor's office, if you can avoid it, uh, man, you, that's a win. That is mm-hmm. absolutely a win. And so in this situation, I was happy to have uh, scared that person away with my dog and not had to use force against it. Yeah. Do you think before I'm going to let Kevin jump in here, I just want to know. So how long ago was that 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 happened? Uh, this was back in uh, July, August, okay. somewhere around there. OK, so you haven't had anything since then, then? No, no. No, we moved out. And what's crazy is um, – Everything was set in place, right? Like we had already um, purchased a house and we had hired movers who came in uh, the next day and that weekend and actually helped us move into our new home that we purchased. So um, really all we had to do was get through that one night and and we were in good shape. So uh, after that, no issues. We moved and we moved to a different neighborhood and uh, thank you. Very much better. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Kevin? Um, I think that he thought that through well. Often, uh, so in Missouri, where I'm from, you can't set booby traps, right? So uh, things like it's small details like that. So that you, you have to cannot. Really be careful. You, can, you cannot set booby, booby traps. You cannot set booby traps. Okay. okay. You cannot. Um, they, that'll get you in a lot of trouble. I mean, we have castle doctrine and things like that, but you cannot set buoy traps. So I like the way he was thinking through it because, you know, you, you have to, and I have to appreciate the choir. He worked in the DA's office, so he knows what that's like. Um, one thing that, and another thing I want to address, we have to, and Sean said it, but we have to be able to separate these imaginary tactics from real world applicability, Right. If we were living in a world with, let's just say, no laws, right? And if you want to creep out the back door while bad dude is looking through your front window, 
and you want to flank him and you want to put, you know, two in his rib cage and one through his ear, cool. Cool. In a world with no laws, worst thing you got to worry about is retaliation from his, his friend. Um, in this world, you do something like that and there isn't a lot to support what you did, like a whole lot, like a lot, lot. Um, you are going to be able to brag to your friends maybe for 30 seconds before you go to federal penitentiary or to state pen, whichever one you prefer. I don't know which one, what you do, right? So you, you, we have to separate this this fantasy world of, yeah, bad guy comes. I'm going to, you know, like go through the attic and jump off the window and, and you know, grab onto the rail of a Blackhawk and come down and <laughs> pop him in the top of the head right. and, you know, all this crap, man. You, you Somebody ever comes to your house, understand your layout of your home, understand that they have the advantage because they are assaulting your castle, right? But you have the advantage because you should know the layout of the castle better than them. You have the advantage because you should have already set your home up to where it's always advantageous for you, right? And and you conduct whatever business needs to be conducted within the laws inside of that home. So you're going to have a whole lot of stuff to think about, um, uh, tons of things. The last thing you want to have to think about is somebody's going to sit you in a, in a, you know, in a cage while people that are sitting in a box decide, decides what happened to you, right? Like, no. So separate fantasy tactics, movies, what you would do in a world with no laws and no consequences compared to the real world where you have to understand local, state, laws you have to know those you're going to carry a gun man you need to know the laws and i don't mean because you sat at the family barbecue and talked about them with your cousin joe like you really <laughs> need to know those laws i've advised people you're a voter in your county right ask the da to, to 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 have a meeting with you i mean most of them are elected so ask them to have a meeting with you and go in if you're curious about use of force laws you know ask them i will go in and ask my my da's all the time like hey why don't you guys do a seminar on use of force because you got people trying to defend themselves in violent cities. They don't even know what they can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to go explain a lot to them, but you can come read the law to them and let them, you know, ask some questions. Cause you know, you gotta be careful about explaining the law to people. Um, so different things like that, but understand those things, man, and, and hunker down at home, be ready to defend your house. I love the way Sean thought about it. Like what's going to happen after this, what's going to happen when the pictures come out, what's going to happen when I had what, I don't know, maybe three to five seconds to really do my job, make a decision about what to do, but somebody else is going to have two to three years to evaluate whether I did the right thing. So right. that's what I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting to think about the thought process of a potential burglar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they probe, they will see what they can get away with until they can't get away with it. And, uh, and in this thought process, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that, Kevin, I was born in St. Louis. Uh, I, I'm a Missourian originally myself. Uh, and there is case law that came out of St. Yeah, Louis. Kevin was clapping for that, for St. Louis. You a go. guy. Uh, you, Kevin, up. and Nelly. You, Kevin, and Nelly, basically. <laughs> man. Regardless of their name, Sean, or not. Uh, there's a case out of St. Louis I, where a guy knew that someone else was trying to burglarize his home, and he set up a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And he set it up so well that the gun went off when the burglar broke into his house. And uh, the burglar sued the homeowner and actually won that case. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know that case. So, yep. Yeah. That 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 should tell you right away. I mean, you can't win for losing, unfortunately, in that scenario. And property 
is not um, an offense with which you can actually use uh, lethal force on someone. I know, unfortunately, I come in the pockets of this once in a while where people think, oh, yeah, someone's stealing my car. I just gas them right there. Mm-hmm. No, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, as terrible as it is and as bad as you don't want to, and you might think that you're able to stop them because you right. have a gun, it's not authorized. Yeah, that's what's happening with some of the cases that we've seen. Um, you know, uh, M. Avon says, no matter how right you are, your wor- your world is going to come to a halt for a long time. Skivy Waver says, especially when dealing with crooked DAs. Um, and Appalachian huh. Gunrunner says, exactly, it's like the light versus the night vision argument fantasy in average world situations. What I think is ultimately the question that you're going to be facing with people is whether or not you you know you were defending yourself and you had to actually defend yourself, right? Versus like if you're setting booby traps, you know, then is that you know really defending yourself if you're setting booby traps? Or sometimes for I think there was a case a couple of years ago where these kids were doing like that ding dong ditch thing, you know, when people ring the doorbell and do stuff and there was a guy who kids were doing that in the neighborhood and I guess they did it to him a lot so these kids came to the door and rang his doorbell and he shot through the door I mean of course he caught charges after that I mean yeah you know yeah yeah I mean the thing that you got to think about is um, is the level of force that you're using commensurate with is it justified is it reasonable would a normal person do that? And and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you may think about it, with the training that I've had, with the experience that I've had, that would potentially be used against me. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I involved in SWAT many years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. They're not going to say, oh, that's great. The average yeah, if they could pay involved in SWAT, they're going to say, oh, I wouldn't have done that. That's crazy. I wouldn't have engaged that guy like that. Yeah, if they could paint a picture of you wanting to kill people, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. But the reason why, um, the prosecutors do this is because people believe that guys like us buy guns. Cause that's what we want to do. You know? Right, right. I, yeah. I remember looking at a Joe Rogan where he was talking about gun guys who have a lot of guns. And it's the one time I remember looking at Joe Rogan that I was like, what's going on with him? Cause he, he, his face, he was like, yeah, they, you could tell that person, they just want to, they want to get a gun. They want to kill someone. They just want someone to mess with them so they could kill them. Um, and that may, that I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but that really shouldn't be us. And I don't think it's us. You know, most of the folks I know, that's not their intention of having these things so they can, you know, brag about in their life that they did this. But this is what's immediately going to happen. If you look at Rittenhouse, this is what that's about. Yep. First first of all, first first of all, Mm -hmm. you know what the cost of ammo is nowadays? I am not trying to lose any of that or use it if I don't have to. I think yeah. we I think we'll be preaching to the choir saying that that's a false narrative. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. One one thing that I it, and it kind of ties in together. So well, all three of them, right? You look at yeah. you look at uh, so, so Kyle, and I'll ammo. say this about it's my ammo right here. If you guys yeah. if that even focuses, look, it's just there one. You go. I'm not rich yeah, like it, those it, guys. It, it focuses when it gets closer to your face. <laughs> So you might want to have a talk with that round about your relationship. I don't know, 
It might focus somewhere out here. I don't know. Okay, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but you know, when you look at when you look at the the Rittenhouse case, mm-hmm. do I think and and I'm, and then I got two more that I want to kind kind of tie together. When you look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case, mm-hmm. to the day that I die, may the day be long. Kyle was should have been found innocent, right? I totally believe that. Um, and then there's a separate thing. There's the parent in me. It's like, yo, you need a whooping. Should have had your ass at home, right? Now, when you doesn't mean you need to go to prison for murder, but just no. the parent in me is like, carry your ass to the house. What are you doing out here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's a whole discussion about that. However, the parent um, in you would still wanted your kid, even if they wound up there. You want your kid to come home, right? Because, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The in hindsight being twenty twenty, mm-hmm. he shouldn't have been there. You know, but if I don't give a damn, I t- and I equate that to trespassing, right? I'm not saying Kyle was trespassing. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is I equate it to trespassing. If I, let's say I'm trespassing, and, and, and what I use is let's say I'm I'm standing in your front yard, right? We're neighbors. I'm standing in your front yard, and we don't like each other. Your dog keeps poo-pooing in my driveway, whatever, right? I don't like you, and I'm standing in your front yard, and I'm yelling at you. Mm-hmm. I And you say, get off my yard, my lawn. At that time, I am trespassing, right? Mm-hmm. It's your yard. I'm standing in it. That does not give you the right to go in a house and start charging at me with a baseball bat. And if I got a gun on me, I am going to use that gun, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't get, I don't forfeit my life because you don't think I should have been somewhere that I was at. You just don't. So yeah. it doesn't matter whether I think Kyle should have been there or not. He didn't forfeit the right to live, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's the balance in that conversation. But I don't, the, the gun that he had, by having that firearm, and I'm not in the kid's mind, um, but... Going from the way that he acted in the videos, and I know people say all these kind of things about him. I'm just looking at some of his demeanor. He was even shocked at the things that were going on. He did what he had to do to make it out the situation. Mm-hmm. But if you just look at his demeanor, maybe a lot of people don't study these things. They don't study the human reaction and body alarm response and all those things. They don't they don't study that, so I don't expect them to know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not a situation he necessarily wanted to be in. Now, hey, in the back of Kyle's mind, could he be laughing at all of us like, Oh, I definitely wanted to knock me a couple of people. Sure, but we'll never know, right? He's yeah. never going to come I mean, out. He comes across that. very. He comes across very genuine. Uh, when when that guy, when I look at the videos of uh, that guy going after him earlier, it seemed like a prison. T- you have, you've seen those videos with the kids who go into prison and then the prisoners trying to scare them straight. Yeah, scare straight. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. Like that guy was some kind of prisoner. Just something about this kid almost turned him on. You know, in whatever senses well, I mean, that you did, want to put it. He did that. like kids, so I mean, yeah, there's but, that. But it was it was <laughs> so, like, uh, boys. Yeah. So you know, yeah, just I saying. Mean, it's it's just really really one of those things. And to go back to what you were just saying, there was a case recently, and that hasn't gone through court. I don't know if it's even going to go there. But there was a case where a pregnant librarian uh, was. In, she got involved in like a road rage thing. So in other words, she was the aggressor. She used her car and bumped a, a guy on a motorcycle, right? And then left the scene. And the guy on the motorcycle and other witnesses followed her to her home. They didn't go in or anything like that. They followed her there because she left the scene and they were calling the yep. cops. She went home, got a gun, came out with that gun. The guy on the motorcycle defended himself. Like he saw her come out with the gun and he defended her, himself and she's gone. And the baby, right. <laughs> you know, and that's yep. one of those cases like this is, you know, sh- there's lots of things that went wrong there. She used her car as a weapon, hurt someone, left the scene, went home, stay in the house. <laughs> she came out of the house right. with with a gun when people were just trying to say, hey, you just left this scene where you right. use your car as a weapon. So, 
Yeah, this, you know, when these kind of things happen, now everyone's analyzing what you did. And these, like pe- like Kevin said, people are judging you based off of that. And, and, and when it you, gets crazy. And when you look at, when you look at the, um, the, the one case that gets got settled with waiting on sentencing, when you look at the um, McMichaels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at that situation, those idiots didn't just pursue someone. They used the gun as a tool of courage. Now, um, Sean said earlier, his experience can be used against him. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people to watch trials. It's not always about seeing the side you want to win. I, like, you should watch them to really see what comes out and really see the, the way people approach subject matters, right? And when uh, they put Travis McMichael on the stand, mm-hmm. Travis McMichael started talking about his law enforcement experience in the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. Right. And when he started talking about that, he got to talking about how often he, you know, apparently he was some type of trainer. So we train guys on it and he knew all this about de-escalation and he knew this, this and that. And then I peeped one thing that he said. I was like, you're done. The moment he said it, I was like, you're done. He said he used a couple of examples. We don't know if they actually happened or not, where he was in Mississippi uh, 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 during and post Katrina. And, you know, a couple of guys when he was off duty tried to rob him, whatever. And there was a lot of that crap happening during Katrina, sure. Mm-hmm. And he said that I used the gun as a deterrent. I'm like, you're done. You're done. But see, that's him being cocky talking about that experience. See, because if I use it and utilize it, well, n- no one uses a gun. A gun is only used as a deterrent. Think about it. When a cop shows up, right? Gun is in his holster if it's not a, you know, felonious call. Gun's mm-hmm. in his holster. He's getting out. The gun's presence is the deterrent, hopefully, right? It's simply because you know one's there. Mm-hmm. The cop doesn't have to get out and say, well, I'm going to point this gun at you. Right. So you don't you don't think about maybe possibly doing this thing that I don't even know you might have. Like, you don't use a gun in that fashion. So when he said that, and then he got to talking about, well, yeah, I was hoping that when I pointed my gun, not, and if you don't know, he pointed a gun at Ahmad twice, not just once. Mm-hmm. When I point my gun, I would hope that someone would run away. Now, in a self-defense situation, sure, we'll say that. I hope that if you're attacking me and you're about to stab me and I pull my gun, you drop the knife and you run away, right? Sure. But he was like, I just want them to run. I'm like, wasn't he running from you the whole damn time? Ain't that the whole reason why we having this conversation? But his law enforcement experience and what he thought he knew got whipped right back around on him and helped put him in prison, which is where the hell he, he belongs. Mm-hmm. Then you have this case that recently came out. Um, well, it's not even a case yet. It just happened. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. The guy, the, I call him the PCC guy. Where um, it was a, I haven't looked at the video, but this is the thing where they were up close to each other arguing and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So a guy, a father goes to his ex-lady's or ex-wife's house or whoever she is to him, but they share a child together. So the guy, when the video picks up, the guy is outside of the home talking to an un- unidentified female and he's agitated, but he's not belligerent, right? He's pretty upset, but he's not belligerent. And he's saying all these kind of things about custody and where's my son and all these things. And then I guess mom's new boyfriend or new husband, you know, this new romantic involvement, he comes, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds into the video, he comes out the front door with a with a PCC gun, right? Mm-hmm. Comes out the front door, and they they uh, the guy. I tell people all the time, stop thinking people are scared of guns because mm-hmm. everybody's not scared of a gun. Mm-hmm. So the guy actually closes this. The, the guy that was outside already closed distance with him, and that's when you see these two fools like belly bumping, like this yeah, macho at belly too many movies. Type of thing. Yeah, because people yeah. look. People think movies are real life. Real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the gun's down to his side, and then shortly thereafter, they're belly bumping and kind of tussling around. The guy uh, with the gun pops one into the porch right near the guy's foot. 
Mm-hmm. And then at that time, the guys tried to start taking the gun from him. Before he shot at him, he never even went after the gun. So then the guy starts tries to take the gun. He doesn't succeed. PCC guy backs up about five or six feet. Bye bye, two shots. Um, the, the guy is down. Mm-hmm. And then he's staying. He goes back up on the porch. The woman recording was with the guy he just shot. And he's like, Well, I told you guys to leave. I told you to get out of here. I'm like, Yep, you're going to prison. Mm-hmm. Everything you just, that was just the capstone. He, he never felt threatened. Um, he didn't have a right to come outside with the gun as a deterrent. But the point is, not the legal mumble jumble. The point is, you can't use guns to intimidate people. That's mm-hmm. not that's not what we do, mm-hmm. right? That is not what we do. If you're kicking doors and you got a gun out on people and you hoping they get down and listen to your man, that is a whole different set of uh, circumstances in a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. In the civilian world. That is not what you're supposed to be not, doing. Yeah, not with the rule of law. Like you said earlier, you know, there's a difference if we're living in an apocalypse or something like that. Um, Sean, do you want to jump in on this before before I do? Um, yeah, I'm happy to. Um, Kevin, I might have a little different take on that. Um, this was in Lubbock, and, um, I, you know, I've, I've looked into it just a little bit, uh, and I'm using the same facts and the same video that, that you guys have seen. Uh, what happens, and I'll, I'll uh, depart a little bit from mm-hmm. the point where the father grabs the gun from the mm-hmm. guy who's there actually on scene. The, the father is much bigger. He's a much bigger dude, and he grabs and like tries to pull the gun, but the guy holding the gun hangs on to it, drops back about five feet, and then fires two. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, the father goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, in, in analyzing, especially law enforcement cases, uh, a lot of other factors that you may not think about will come into play. And uh, one of those is the size of the people involved. Um, was it a male? Was it a female? Was there an extreme size difference? And I think from the picture, just from the still shots, you can see that the father is quite a bit bigger than the guy who had the rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some other mitigating factors. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a defense attorney, but I worked with several of them over the course of my experience, and I can guarantee you that these are things that they would be bringing up. Uh, the father uh, was bigger than the guy who uh, was presumably defending his home, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy who was defending his home told the guy to leave several mm-hmm. times. Um, he then went back into the house after the guy did not leave mm-hmm. and got the rifle and came back out. Okay. Uh, another, another factor that I think is, um, and, and I'm reading a little bit into this just because, you know, my experience with, with human physiology is uh, it's not what most people would see. But during the confrontation, when they were arguing, um, the father approached the mother at one point and uh, she shrank away. And to me, that tells me that there's probably a history of violence. Previous, previous, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to come into play. That made her feel intimidated. And so here, mm-hmm. here's one thing that I took away from that. If there was previous history, she would have communicated that with her now husband or now mm-hmm. boyfriend, whoever he is, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to be aware of that. The guy is there. He's belligerent. 
Does he have a right to his child? Sure, obviously, right? But in, in custody-type situations, a lot of times when there has been some kind of previous history, uh, what you're going to see is that their exchanges are often handled in controlled environments. Sometimes they have to go to actual places where counselors are there, or at least where uh, adults... Yeah, neutral ground. ...can so, observe mm-hmm. the exchange. And um, the mom kept saying repeatedly, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And again, that guy warned him, you're not supposed to be here. Go away. Um, so let me let me just let me just interject this thing. Like, obviously, this that's, hasn't gone. Perspective. Yeah, it's a I think it's a good point that Sean is making, because from my understanding, everyone's making this point on the Internet. Right. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. OK, it looks like he was defending himself, but maybe he wasn't. But maybe he was. Yeah. This is what happens in court. <laughs> this I'm is, this, yeah. is what's gonna yep. yeah, this and, is what happens in the legal process. Yeah. And, and the way I look at it, it's not so cut clear. A lot of people will look at it and say, oh, my God, as soon as they separated, uh, he had no justification to fire that gun. Well, you know, he just got thrown about three to five feet uh, while the guy was presumably trying to disarm him. And, mm-hmm. and here's something I want you guys both to think about. If you tell someone to get off of your property multiple times and then – you go in because you feel like, holy crap, I don't want to fight this guy. I don't want to run hands with this dude because he's a lot bigger than me and I know about previous history that he has, right? So what do you do? You go in and you get your equalizer. You come out and you're like, get out of here. So a reasonable person seeing a gun, you would hope, might say, Okay. You know, well, that's that's so here, here. That's the point I wanted to make. This is the rules of survival. If someone has the drop on you and they're inviting you to walk away, walk away. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's called the law of survival. Someone has the drop on you. You could be the most badass person. You know, you've got a whole bunch of videos where you draw in the blur or whatever, and everyone's amazed by that. If someone has the drop on you and they and you have the ability to walk away from them, walk away from them. Um, You know, once a person feels under threat, regardless of what the laws are, if a human being feels under threat in any moment, what are they going to do? They're they're either you know it's either fight or flight. You're either going to defend yourself with whatever you have. It's always fun. Um, like I've seen people posting these videos online and I don't know if everyone gets the reason of it like I've seen videos with kids in the streets fighting with each other and one of them has a gun and he's shooting people and people don't walk away from him or one of them has like an open gun waving this gun around and people don't go maybe I should just get the hell out of here right (laughs) so that's the first thing if you want to stay alive avoid those situations what do you guys think about that and that's my argument in this situation um Mm. and it's ultimately a tragedy right um everyone should have backed away the guy who was defending his home should have gone in his home and locked the door i'm certain that the cops were probably already on the way right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. presented a firearm and the father didn't back away he, in fact, used vulgar language and approached and came at the guy who had the gun and said, you better effing use it or something like that. So yep. the situation uh, got gasoline poured onto it almost immediately. It resulted in a physical confrontation. And uh, so far, charges have not been filed. So it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be charges, but um, 
It's a lot of factors. Know. It's a lot of factors that play into that. How people think. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think about that whole thing, man? If someone has a drop on you and you have the opportunity to leave, what do you, what do you say? Look, man, um, I am no other choice, right? No other choice. You see how uh, me and Sean are going back and forth about the particulars? Mm-hmm. We're your jury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And, and we get to sit in that room. Good point. <laughs> and we get to. And if, mm-hmm. if, if I am, if I am, um, let's just say I'm in defense of you. And Sean has two, three days to kind of say, well, hold on, man. I want you to look at it this way, per mm-hmm. the law, right? That's your he life in the balance. Yeah. And then, you know, me and him are sitting there and maybe I'm the hang up and he's talking to me. He's breaking it down. Maybe I like the sound of his voice, a smooth, bald head, you know, and I go, <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? OK, he's kind of got a point like this is the point. We are mm-hmm. your jury. We're we're every, yeah. we're everyday. Well, Sean's now a civilian. Right. So we're everyday people and we are the ones that are sitting making this decision for you. So for me. When any time, man, I don't care what the situation is. And when I'm not talking about a, a, a random robber in this type of situation where you can see things escalating, you have all the opportunity in the world to walk away. Dad, you could have if you had a, this, the court issue and you wanted the police involved, you knew the police were coming. Guess what? The woman that was recording the video was with the dad. Hey, you could have went back over to the car and just waited for the cops to get there. Hey, guy that came outside. As soon, it, it, if nothing else, when he came outside with that gun, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, guy that came outside with the gun, you could have called her in the house or tell her to run around to the back door, went in the house, called the police, and said, "Hey, now if you come in this house, now we're in a whole different, mm-hmm. you know, yep. we're in a whole different ball game, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And let the police handle it." But to me, people, good, good, good people out there, and I know we don't see eye to eye on everything we're not supposed to. What I'm going to say is this. If you're ever if you ever have the the opportunity to see a situation escalating, I need for you to immediately remove yourself the moment you think it could potentially go wrong. Whether you think you're going to win or lose, mm-hmm. walk away. Yeah. Be done. Yeah. And I think, you know, even to your point about the woman that was with the guy who wound up uh, losing his life, you know, if you love someone, de-escalate stuff. So maybe they're they're mad and they're not thinking, you know, they're not in their right mind or frame frame of mind. De-escalate. We see this so often. I remember when we were talking about the story of the guys who were fighting at the dumpster. Remember this? These guys. Oh, yeah. One guy had his shirt off. Yeah, it was like in a trailer park and they were fighting about putting yeah. uh, like a mattress in the dumpster and the guy yeah. wound up dying. His wife is egging him on. If you love someone, yeah. say, hey, hey, you, you got it. You got it. Just le- like try to talk that person down. Don't talk them into a fight. You're right. <laughs> you know, like people, I don't think people yeah. actually understand what happens when a trigger gets pulled and a bullet. <laughs> you know, this is not like freaking um, Alec Baldwin where you could pretend that you didn't pull the trigger. Oh my God! You know when that when that trigger gets pulled and that round goes down that barrel, th- there's there's nothing you can do in the world to stop it. It's on its way. <laughs> you know yeah. if you could de-escalate that, de-escalate that. It's better to be yeah. a punk or whatever whatever it is in your mind that's making you think. You know, but but what happens is people aren't thinking. You know, I've, I often tell people that that's happened to me where I live. That some guys that are working for me, like this, these are people who live where where I live. And they they did stuff for us. And like the dad came over there and he was just drunk and carrying on. That's the last thing I wanted to do. Of course, he's on my property. You know, I'm armed. I could do whatever. Why do I want to take out this person that I know his family 
and that we're neighbors and all of it does it like it didn't really to me it didn't really matter what he said it didn't like you know my pride is not so valuable to me that i'm going to take out someone just because of what they're saying you know and and i'm telling you i didn't do that and later on that guy apologized for it and i just said hey you know you just you need to control what you're doing you're getting a little bit you know too drunk or whatever and pushing it but th th there's you know none of that should be happening and even in that case if a, if someone's that drunk and crazy once you start pulling out things and doing things it's, things aren't backing off and when we get a perfect storm and everyone rushes into it someone winds up dead Right. I think what, what people need to, to realize is de-escalation is should be a part of every body who carries a gun's curriculum, period. You should be you should understand how to de-escalate a situation. Sometimes it's really easy. <laughs> Go the opposite direction. You're done. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I'll, I use this example because it's recent. I was out looking at looking at some property. Right. Mm -hmm. And. I got my, my buddy uh my buddy with me and we're going into the in some wooded areas, right? So he's got an AR fifteen on his back because we're going into wooded areas, right? Acres and acres of woods. So he's just got an AR fifteen on his back. Um I have two guns on me, but they are concealed. I got one on my hip and I got one in um, a Victos uh carry bag. All right, a little tactical light fold down AR fifteen. And we're walking through and when we were coming out from looking at the property we got turned around, right? Um, you know, we're wandering this land. We have permission to be on the land. We have that in writing and everything else. And we got turned around though. There weren't like dividers. So we just wandered onto this guy's property. Mm -hmm. And we start, we saw this, this really long driveway and it's this house at the end. And then when there was an opening where you can walk from grass onto the driveway and walk down to the main street and we could see where we needed to go. Mm -hmm. That being said, uh, I saw the homeowners coming out of the home, getting in their cars, right? So I'm like, well, this would be really weird just to be walking down their driveway, right? <laughs> say if, if they're if they're already getting in their car, let them you know say uh, approach us. I'm gonna wave, show friendly, right? It's, it's daytime, it's bright outside. I'm gonna wave, I'm gonna show friendly, and I'm going to explain myself. And the wife was driving the car. She stopped. I said, "Hey, ma'am," and I'm, I'm I'm you know probably 12 feet from the car, right? I kept the distance. I'm like, "Hey, this is what we were doing." The land's like right here. This is what we're doing. We got turned around. We got lost. I'm sorry that I'm on your property. I did not mean to do that. There's the location we're going to. Your driveway serves as a very easy way to get to that location. If you're okay, I would like to, you know, step onto your driveway and proceed down that path. If you're not okay, fine. I'll go back the opposite direction and we'll try to figure out another route. And so this goes back and forth for a minute. The woman is kind of like, okay. That's fine. Strange man. I get it. I get it. Right. But we're, yeah. we're lost. I even dropped the property owner's name or the next door to let her know, like, I'm really like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm giving you details that somebody that's looking to rob your house wouldn't know. Right. I'm like, hey, this is what we're doing. Blah, blah, blah. The wife is cool. The wife starts to the husband, though. The point is he, he tried to escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. The husband, uh, after I've talked to the wife, is sitting in the car like, well, you need to understand he's like raising his voice at me. That's not the thing to do to me. Um, he's raising his voice at me saying, um, you, you, you need to understand you're, you're trespassing. And I said, sir, what part of a lost don't, doesn't compete with you, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that I want to be having this, this exchange with you currently? Because mm -hmm. I don't, I can assure you, right? Mm -hmm. So once again, the wife had already given us permission to, to step onto the driveway and go about our business, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The husband is going back and forth. And I said, sir, I'm actually done talking to you. 
We have our permission. You haven't taken that permission back. We're going to go ahead and leave. Mm-hmm. The wife starts to drive off. She's like, stop it. You know, talking to him. Stop it. You know, making a trying to escalate a situation. He's the, she starts driving down the driveway, maybe doing five to seven miles an hour. This fool is arguing with her. They get about maybe 15 yards from us. And she is, is still yelling at him. And this fool hops out of the truck, the moving vehicle. <laughs> right. OK. Uh, he And by this time, we're actually walking down the driveway. I want to remind you that one of us is open carrying an AR-15. Mm-hmm. We are walking down the driveway. He jumps out the car. And the first thing he does, I mean, as soon as he catches his balance, mm-hmm. he digs right. I mean, as fast as possible, goes right into his right pocket. Mm-hmm. Now, just because I am trespassing and I've tried to explain myself doesn't mean you have ownership to my life. Mm-hmm. Right. So I prepared myself to defend myself without presenting any gun. I was mm-hmm. prepared, though, right? Mm-hmm. Position myself, got ready. The mm-hmm. AR-15 that was visible never budged. It never moved. It stayed on the guy's back. He gets out the car, and, and he sees me move. He gets out the car, and um, he goes in his pocket. He sees me move in a way he didn't understand, so he threw his hands up. Like, that's smart. But then I stay still, and he starts walking towards me, closing the gap. You see how he's constantly escalating the situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that person didn't know what he was standing up against. And that's what I need people to understand. In that situation, you could have went, your wife already gave us permission. If you didn't like that, curse her out, go off mm-hmm. on her, whatever y'all need to do. But as we're walking, I'm fine with you sitting at the end of your driveway watching us. I'm, I'm fine with that. And then he did the my favorite thing. Well, if, if, if you don't uh, 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 listen to me, I'm going to call the cops. I, and I, I did, I did, because I'm petty. I was like, sir, just because I'm black don't mean I'm scared of the police. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call the cops. Don't care. Matter of yeah. fact, tell the cops to meet me at the gas mm-hmm. station because that's where I'm going, whether you like it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to de-escalate the situation by standing still, asking for permission first, explaining myself, standing still, ready to deal with a threat without presenting deadly force, ready to deal with a threat and still trying to tell him now you're blocking my pathway to get to where I need to go. Right. But in that situation, he is constantly escalating the situation. And you mm-hmm. don't want to be that guy because what he didn't know is you ever, there were three guns between these two dudes and both was a royal train. And here you are, an idiot jumping out of your vehicle, digging into your pocket, coming towards us. It's mm-hmm. not smart, mm-hmm. right? Don't, don't do that. Like deescalate things at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Please people. Yeah. Please. I, just want to say I agree with you. I agree with you. That's, this is how we avoid perfect storms. You know, uh, because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Unless you unless you're backed into that corner, and as Kevin's you know Kevin's famous for saying, you you don't have any other choice. You know you, yeah. you're in a corner here. Um, but I you know sometimes like for whatever reason that guy's buttons were pushed, you know, and his wife couldn't calm him down. And I think it's what happened, you know, in that case. And I think it's what happened to Carl Rittenhouse. Those those folks' buttons were pushed. You know, I see people saying this here in the chat. I mean, why did why did if this situation was going on? You know, why do people have to even go into a situation like that armed? People on both sides were armed. And the, the, the people who were responsible for what was happening there in terms of law enforcement were sitting off to the side, you know. So if you look at what happened when they went in there, obviously these people were very mad and they kept, you know, they kept picking on them when we're talking about Rittenhouse, right? And to me, it seems like he was backed into a corner 
once he got there and he had to make that choice. When you're looking when you're looking at the case of these people who someone was stealing stuff from these homes in in their neighborhood, you know, if like one I think we were talking about a house that um that was under construction, right? So if there's not people living in mm-hmm. there and someone's either stealing something from that house or whatever, if they didn't kill someone or hurt someone, you know, and you're not the cops, right? And even if they're, they're, and they're running away from you, I don't know where your responsibility is to chase that person down, you know, and, and yeah. hold them by force. Like I don't, and, and most reasonable people are not going to understand that, you know? No, and as hard as law enforcement has had it over the last year or so uh, to assume that role on your own without the training, without the backing, without the justification or the legal uh, indemnity. I don't know why you would do that. that. Yeah. If you're not not duly deputized law enforcement, you're not indemnified to be there using using, uh, lethal force against people. I don't know if you guys listened. I was all over that, all over that case, man. And listening to the body cam footage, it was amazing how people will try to justify their screw ups, right? Like you clearly messed up and it was so, it was, oh my God. Like Greg McMichael, the father is like, oh, you know, the the cops, you know, getting a statement, right? And he's uh, in that statement. He's he's giving his account of the story, but he says, "Yeah, and I was in the back of the truck, and I had my 357." And then he pauses and says, "It's old Glen County Police issue, by the way." Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, now you're trying to make buddy. Like he just like, why is that relevant? But he just paused. He had to let the cop know that. And then he continues on with his story. Then he says, "Hey, you know, uh, my time in the the, the the prosecutor's office, and we see this stuff all the time, and blah 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 blah." While he's literally standing there with uh, Arbery's blood literally all over his hands. And he's just trying to tell the cop, I'm a cop. And the cop's like, yeah, but you're not now. And you can kind of, you can like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like mm-hmm. you, that's why the, that's why the, the responding officers wanted to arrest them. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are overstepping your boundaries. And here's my thing. We can argue and fight all day, but I think one thing that we all agree on that we hate is taxes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, you pay your tax dollars. You pay them. If something is going so wrong that your life is not, if your life is not in immediate danger, guess what, man? Put your tax dollars to work. Mm-hmm. Put your tax dollars to work. That's yeah. what they're there for. Put them to work. Nine one one. This is what I got, and put that ownership on the police officers responding on you know, how to handle it. Remove yourself from the situation, or you're going to wind up potentially in a in a bad spot. And and that's exactly what they did. And is you know, is, don't do it. So, and and obviously, I would like to move on and do some, you know, talk about some fun gun stuff here. But you know, there was something I think that came up in the gun world. Some was it last year or something like that, where people were talking about someone breaking into your home, uh, just trying to steal stuff, and whether or not you could kill them. This is I'm I'm sim- oversimplifying this, you know. And I think there's a big difference between you're in your home. And someone is breaking into your home. You don't know what they're trying to do. You need to defend yourself in that case. You have no right to break into people's homes, right? So people are in their homes. You're breaking into their homes is is very much different from you're coming home and you see someone like leaving your home with your TV and they're running away from you. Okay. If you think that you could just gun that person down as they're running away from your home with your TV 
you're you're I don't know what world you're living in. Right. These are completely different scenarios, but there's a lot of bravado that folks get caught up in out there that they're like, ah, yeah, I'll just shoot them down and then drag them back to the house and do this and do that. That sounds awesome until you actually meet the reality of the world that we live in. You know, you know what, man, is it is it is it? And I just want this last statement. I know we got to talk about gun stuff, but here's my thing. Realistically, is it really that awesome? Is it is it awesome to have to kill people? No, man, I you don't want to I mean? do that. I didn't, and I'm not saying I didn't you were saying that, but that. for the people yeah. to have that mentality, mm-hmm. that is not an awesome. Guns are not, in defense scenarios, guns are not pleasant. They're appreciated, mm-hmm. but the, the exchange of gunfire and having guns pointed at people, that is not like Disney. Like, if you, the thing I see the most it's the people that are and you're blessed and that's what i want people to understand if you've never had to deploy or press a trigger or even just present a gun in self-defense you are a blessed individual you are we i wish i could be Mm -hmm. i really do because it is not as sexy and as 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 exhilarating as you might think it is especially when you have all these consequences potentially attached to it yeah it's just not so the cool Don't thing, go out fantasizing about this stuff. The cool thing about guns are the design, the engineering, you know, how, how it looks, the the history, the technology. That's the cool thing about it, not not taking people out. Brian Quick says, do you think if Arbery got a hold of the shotgun, he would have shot uh, T. McMichael? That's, uh, I'll let, let's let Sean go first here, and then we'll get Kevin, Kevin to answer that. Just, to, yeah, just that particular know. question there. Mm-hmm. Oh, did Sean freeze? Okay, we'll probably see. He froze. Yeah. <laughs> that right means that his moment. response is going to be bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's back. Uh, go ahead, Sean. You're back now. You're back. You're back. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, you can um, launch hypotheticals all day. Uh, I think the yeah. one thing that I would really like to say is that I wish that uh, training and instruction in handling of firearms and especially in self-defense issues were more akin to martial arts, which uh, typically preach avoidance first, right? Mm -hmm. Avoid it at all costs. And then ultimately, if you have, Kevin, no other choice, then you can move to the things that you've been taught how to do. But unfortunately, uh, there is, I think, to some degree, whether it's popularized media or just a, a, a mindset that is not strictly American. Uh, if we meet a certain set of scenarios and I have a gun, I can legally blow your ass away. And unfortunately, I think there's a, there's a percentage of the population that is fully in agreement with that's how things are. And it doesn't need to be that way. You have to think further ahead. Um, being responsible for someone's life. I don't ever want to take someone's life. If I have to, I will in defense of my life or the uh, life of the people that I love and care for. Sure. But um, that's not my goal. I don't buy guns. I don't train with guns. I don't shoot guns so that some ultimate scenario might happen. If it does, I'll be prepared for it, but I don't want that to ever happen. And, And I take steps, all the steps that I can to avoid that situation. So, um, with the shotgun question, man, I, 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 I don't know that I'm prepared to answer something like that. It, it's pretty hypothetical. 
Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? I don't. I don't. I'm with Sean, man. I, I have no idea. All I know is. If he would have gotten a hold of the gun, the only thing I do know for certain is there was already another gun at play. So then that situation could have went because remember, there was a 357 Magnum in dad's hand in the back of the truck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have no idea. But then that whole situation could have been. And now what we're looking at is potentially um, which obviously somebody did get shot. But then we could potentially be looking at the scenario where you got gunfire exchange in a residential area in the middle of the street. Like so. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is it would have, it definitely would have escalated to a, a different scenario. How that plays out, I have no idea, but I, I don't know the answer to it. Yeah, and, right. and what I would say to that, like in the, the thing with hypotheticals is what side of that equation are you putting yourself on? Are you putting yourself only on one side of that equation, or are you truly putting yourself on both sides of that equation? And what I mean by that is even if we take it, we say like, okay, this person was robbing someplace, okay, if you are casing a place or you plan on robbing it and, and some folks come by there and they see you and you're running away and they chase you, okay, and they have guns and they catch up to you, are you are you going to stand there and let these people shoot you or are you going to get into a, a struggle with them trying to get your hands on that gun if you don't have well, one? Just ask yourself that question. What are you going to do? You know. Let's be clear about one thing, though, Hank. You're saying mm-hmm. rob. And uh, excuse me for the legal definitions that I'm mm-hmm. used to, but rob involves a person, a, a mm-hmm. physical victim who is currently having something taken from yeah. them. Okay. So let's begin. say you were stealing. So stealing Burgling. is the better. Yeah. Burglarizing, yeah. burgling, however you want to define it. Yeah. That's yeah. different. That yeah. is... That is a property crime, and it does not typically involve uh, a home unless or a, a person unless it's an occupied home. Yeah. So what I, what I'm the point I'm trying to make to you is if you're running and someone's chasing you and they catch up to you and they have a gun and you're close to them, what's going to happen with you? For regardless of what the reason is, right? And what I mean by that, I think it's I think it's reasonable for someone who's being chased by some guys, like you're on foot, these guys are in a vehicle, they're chasing you, they catch up to you, they have a gun. They're not standing off and going, "Hey, stop right there, I'm going to shoot you." They're close enough to you like, "Oh shit, aren't you going to, you know, how, what's your reaction going to be? Are you going to try to grab that thing or whatever?" Once we get into that kind of stuff, it's like you really have to think about that situation three-dimension three-dimensionally. You yeah. know, these people have the drop on you and they're close enough to you. This is the reason why people need to stay away from each other. <laughs> you know, if I'm armed and you're not armed, I don't want to be in your face. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be close to you. Okay, I want you to be I want you to be a reasonable distance. I don't want you to get to me real fast. I don't want you to be able to grab me. None of that kind of stuff. So I think once people are really close, anything could happen. That's the problem. You know, that's the issue. That's what we're facing. So um, and I know, like, I get it. Everyone's on different sides of this, you know, and um, and people are trying to people have things that they're trying to prove based on their side that they're on. And I, and I think that I understand that. I really don't think there's a comparison between these two cases. People were asking us before the Rittenhouse uh, verdict came through and this verdict came through to say what we think about it. And I was saying what a lot of people think. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen Mac from military arms channel say the same thing we're saying right now, (laughs) you know, 
about the Arbery case and about the Rittenhouse case. I think ultimately, if you're in your rational mind and you're on the outside of it looking at it, this one thing. And if you're inside of that situation and it's happening, it's a completely different thing. You know, and that's where it comes to you being the one who remains calm. Like I try in my life when other people look, it happens with me and Lola. If Lola gets mad and she's cursing and carrying on, I try to go the the opposite direction. Lola. Yeah. If well, if Lola's Lola cursing, she's, curse. if she's cursing, she's really mad. <laughs> so typically, Lola is an angel, and every <laughs> argument is your your fault. There you go. Oh, okay, that's what. Well, hey, that's what I try to default to. But you understand what you I'm know, saying? Once you lose that, you're in trouble. That the thing is that you need to be able uh, to a reasonable person, right? And a reasonable person is going to be 12 people, 13 people on your jury. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be able to show to them definitively all the steps that you took to try to avoid that situation. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of scenarios, you were absolutely justified and probably legally so to take certain actions. But your chances of getting through that are going to be so much better if you took several steps to try to avoid it altogether in the first place. Now, um, Rittenhouse, like you guys said earlier, sure. Um, could he secretly be uh, thinking, yeah, I gassed a few people. Cool, I got away with it. Um, that's possible. But let me tell you, from a person who has prosecuted several felony cases, not likely. Um, I worked sex crimes for about five years and chased after guys who did some pretty bad stuff. And uh, the toll that we took on them when we prosecuted them over the course of a year or two or sometimes even three, it's rough, man. Even if you got away with it, right? Even if you got a not guilty, uh, it's tough. And, and I doubt anyone who given the chance to go back to that very same set of circumstances would change everything, you know, wouldn't have gone there, wouldn't have had that done with them, would, would have rewritten everything because the stress that they live through knowing that the full weight of the state is coming after them. That's real, man. That's mm -hmm. real. And there's, there's a cost to that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yep. absolutely. All right, let's go on to some cool gun stuff. Who's got the, who's, who, who thinks they have the coolest thing? Who wants to go? Oh, man. So oh, I'm okay. going to go Sean, Sean's right on it. Uh-huh. And the Walter PDP, and this is the thing that I love, the grip right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That curve, and there's, um, if you see, they're not really finger grooves, but there's some, like, very vague wells that are kind of formed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also fills the palm really nicely. Uh, there's no slide bite here either. The way the beaver tail comes over the back of it, it's just um, outstanding. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the best triggers that I've had on a striker fired gun ever. Okay. Just, Do you are you typically like a are you typically a, a trigger snob? Do you always change in your triggers on stuff? Okay, I know. Kevin's so, got something coming up right after not, this. Not on a pistol. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was a lot to do with duty use. Uh, mm -hmm. That same argument that we talked about before of uh, if, if you tinkered with your weapon, you were intending to kill my client at some point. Mm -hmm. that, that's a, and not really a myth, but it's something very nice, man. It, 
it's something that comes up in uh, law enforcement circles and mm -hmm. especially in use of force scenarios where you might run into a scenario where if you have altered your firearm from stock, mm -hmm. um, your intention was ultimately to kill someone, which, which on one hand is kind of asinine because, yeah, that's, that's kind of, there we oh, go. Boy. <laughs> All the red dots. <laughs> All the red dots. You know what's crazy? Like Kevin Dixie, all his stuff is coordinated. Yeah, yeah. Not a hammer anywhere to be seen. Yeah, I mean seriously. Yeah, he's got red dots on everything. Oh, uh, is everything painted? Is all that stuff painted? Let me see. No, only one of them is. Only my um, uh, my my HK here. Only okay. that one. Everything else is stock. So. Is that um, the truth? Just, is, that, you know, is that a truth right well, there? Well, this is the this is the this is the truth frame. Let me let me grab the same better. This is the truth frame. Okay. All right. So this is the frame of the truth. This is the BP9L slide though. Okay. So that's the BP9L slide. Then that's the Holoson 509 um, T sitting on top of it. That's a red dot version. Mm -hmm. And then this guy is the. Um, this is the SIG uh, 320X5 where I am. There I am. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still, I just got my sight pressure tool, so I'm going to put that dovetail yeah. front sight Cruise in. Cruise Man and says Kevin wins. The, uh, Kevin wins. <laughs> and then this is the, the the new 508 ACSS from uh, Hollison and Primary Arms. Uh, so this is a really cool optic thus far. I can't wait to really get out and do more playing with it. From alternative shooting position, this thing is probably going to be a gem. And even um, target confirmation, I think this is going to kind of change the game a little bit, but I got to play with it more before I stand on it. Is that and an improved trigger on there? Is that the is that the trigger that came with that? No, yes, yeah, that's the stock trigger. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we have the that good old Glock seventeen. So what was Glock that? 17. What was that, Sean? Huh? That's the Legion, though, isn't it? Yes, yeah, the Legion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't need an improved trigger on a Legion. No. <laughs> no sir. <laughs> Not at all. Mm -hmm. And this is my stock Glock. It just has um, this one has the five hundred eight uh, RD X two on it from Allison. Um, this is the one I just ran through Glock's uh, MOS operator class for two days. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, really, really good gun. And I, like, I got a stock Glock trigger in this thing, and it's going to remain that way. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I tell people all the time with handguns, man, like, yeah, can it make a difference? Yeah, sure. But you know what? You can run a stock gun, man. If you if you can run a gun, you can run a stock gun. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's this little guy. This is the Canic, um Elite SC, and this one has the 407K on it. Uh, so I mean, if you can't tell, I'm really into my red dot phase right now. Uh, but mm -hmm. this is um, good. The 407, I think, is is perfect for this size gun. But once again, this is a Canik stock trigger. You know, I just I try to keep my I keep my handguns. Besides the Lobos trigger, I put into my HKs just because mm -hmm. I like the Lobos aluminum trigger a little bit better. Uh, but it really doesn't change the break. I think it goes from 4.5 down to like 4.1. It's it's just a smoother trigger and I like it better, but it really doesn't change the poundage. That kind of stuff, to Sean's point, it might get you some interesting conversations later on if you use it uh, in yeah. the wrong way, you know what I mean? So, so But yeah, I wanted to... Go ahead. You, everyone's showing handguns. I did show my PPS M2 earlier, which I got right there, but uh, check this out right here, man. Uh, yeah. Oh! This is an FN57. Yeah, this is an oh, FN57 pistol right there in FDE. You know, very nice. Now this is all this is like plastic fantastic right there to me. Like yeah. you know, the top of the top of the plastic fantastic line, you know. Uh, so yeah. Um I just got this, by the way, got this from uh Brownells. 
I um, like that. I got to get it. Yeah. I've had one in the, I've, you know, I've shot a bunch of them. I've had one in the past. Um, and then I sold mine that I had a while back so I can get other stuff and I really regretted it. So, um, yeah, man, if you've, if you've ever shot the five, seven and I know I have shot the, uh, the Ruger five, seven and it's cool and all that, but I still think the FM five, seven pistol is the bomb. Yeah. It's the bomb. You know, it's funny you bring that up because there's an FN uh, Glock tie-in that I have here. I'm reviewing right now the FN 502 Tactical, Hmm. and that is a 22 caliber gun that has all the bells and whistles, right? You can have a a tactical light on it. We have a red dot and Mm -hmm. a 15 magazine. Hmm. Um, I was in Smyrna at Glock for the Glock 44 release and mm-hmm. they shot the heck out of those guns. And I was thinking, did they, did they miss the boat on uh, going with a red dot on this thing? Because they'd already had the MOS line out for a while. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm sure there's going to be a version. I'm sure at some point a version is going to run the Apple uh, approach, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need this new version, right? We got an upgrade yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna uh, see here, that. Here's what I learned, right? Running the 502, um, I've, I've been shooting the heck out of it, man. We've mm-hmm. got 100 rounds through it now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I'm finding is that because it's 22, when I get out there and I let that thing go, uh, pretty soon my red dot starts starring out because it's mm-hmm. so dirty. Like the, the 22 caliber is just dirty, dirty, dirty. And especially if you run it suppressed, mm-hmm. uh, because it comes with a threaded barrel, you can do that. And man, it gets so filthy that like every magazine, every couple of magazines, I have to end up wiping the front of that red dot optic off so that I can get back in and uh, enjoy that red dot again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by I the way, wonder, that's why Glock didn't do that. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna throw this up there. Just a little picture right here that I took. I'll check that mm-hmm. out. Of, pla- of plastic, fantastic. Got right the Lego here. technical going too with the yeah. Rubicon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, uh, I love Legos, man. I, you know, I'm a big yeah. kid. I'm a Lego. I'm a Lego fan. So I'm definitely. I'm gonna post this picture. That's not even. That's not even like posted yet. I'm gonna throw that up there. Plastic, fantastic. What 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 else you got, Katie? Let's keep it going. I want I want to give people. Um, this kind of going off what Sean said about the optic getting dirty. I'm gonna give you a free training tip. You should totally come train to NoOtherChoice.com. All right, go sign up. <laughs> of course. However, if you're if you're here's a little tip I want to give everybody. Get the measurements. Did I freeze up? Yeah, there. Right. No, you're All right, good. Get the measurements. Kind of get the measurements of your your optic, and I mean like the the housing of it. Get the measurements so you understand where the middle is. And in case your optic uh, ever fails, and you know you let's just say you don't have your your irons co witness, but if your window is blocked, irons won't do you any good anyway. Let's just say the rear of your window is blocked. This thing is just totally caked. You can't see the dot. You can't see out of it. You can't see your irons. Go ahead and take uh, a white marker when you know where the middle is and make a mark on the side, a mark on the top, and a mark on the opposite side, right? And make sure it comes down along the rear of the housing, right? Make sure it comes down here where the mark's at for you can see it uh, on all sides. So if you have to, you can still use your actual optic as an aiming device. Okay. Right. So you can actually put your own drawings on here. So if that thing, to Sean's point, ever really where it's just you can't use it, you can use the optic itself to still kind of dial in and get, you know, uh, hopefully man sized targets. If you've been practicing from a decent distance, you can still get hits on target and get that threat stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. 
Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's part of the curriculum in a lot of the red dot training that I've done too. Mm -hmm. What else do you guys have over there? Do we have any other things coming out? I got the best gun on the planet. What is that? I think it's my favorite little gun right now. I'm telling you, oh, man, no. I'm in love with this thing. Oh boy. I'm telling you, I, I am really in love with this thing. And it, it's this little guy, man. The little Glock 42. I love this little thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't I, knock I the Glock 42. love this little gun. I do. I'm not a big 43 fan. I like the 43X, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not a big 43 fan. And I got this gun um, for my wife, and she loves it. And for some reason, I won't let her carry it because I always have it. But I like mm -hmm. this little gun. Brother, I don't think that's so funny. No. Yeah, Glock 42, <laughs> Glock 42 changed the world. I remember the SHOT Show where they introduced the Glock 42, and I went to uh, Media Day, and uh, Gunny was there. I remember Gunny uh, worked for Glock. For Glock Arlie and, Ermey. Yeah, Arlie Ermey. And uh, Gunny was asked, like, I was, we were talking to him, and he was like, oh, did you try the Glock 42, the 380? And I was like, ah, oh, no, nah, I don't really want 380. And honestly, like, 380 plastic guns were not that accurate, right? Like everyone, it was a great pocket gun, but it wasn't that accurate. Like if you're really trying to shoot at something, it was more of like a close-up thing. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think I want to do it. And he said, listen, go try that. Go try it out on the range for me and then come back and let me know honestly what you think about it. I went and shot it. I thought it was fantastic, man. And I bought one when we got back off of that. Yeah. You know? And I had it until the, the 43 came out. So, I mean, it's that's like the first... Uh, polymer 380 that I was like, oh, this this could actually work. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you can actually it. aim at something with that. So yeah, it's a f fantastic gun. I'm not, I can't knock it at all. And okay, this, I'm gonna... this little guy, this little guy, probably being realistic, I probably would say this little guy for this little size gun probably has 1,300 rounds through it in the last mm -hmm. few years. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a little champ, man. It's just a little mm -hmm. champ. I just, I really like it. Yeah. Let me see. I'm going to pull some other stuff out. I got, um, it's a BRN 180 right here. I got this lower. Oh, there you go. You know, do you guys build up lowers? You know? Uh, Absolutely. I need to build something out of this. I don't know. Today, uh, I got the uh, Brownells V-Tip pen uh, installation tool in today. And okay. I was so tickled about that because I, I recently... Um, now I get a lot of stuff in for PP Tactical uh, mm -hmm. testing out, and a lot of them are components for AR. So mm -hmm. I have uh, a lower that I recently built just to kind of franken rifle it, right? Franken mm -hmm. and this gas system or this charging handle mm -hmm. or this ulterior uh, route so I can take them out and test them out and see how they mm -hmm. go. Um, but man, uh, having that deep and spring installation tool, mm -hmm. that helped me out. So much, uh, it really keeps me from losing. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, mm -hmm. by the way, I forgot to mention this yesterday. Um, I've got a series of videos up on the PSA Palmetto State Armory blog. If you go to PSA, you go to the website, go down to the blog. There's a bunch of videos on how to like build a lower, how to build and do stuff on your upper, um, you know, uh, like sighting in, all that kind of stuff. And there, I think all, the whole series is up right now. You guys should go check this out. Check it out. Look, high point box right here, man. High point there box. There you go. This, uh, so this is a gun that we're actually giving away, by the way. So High Point sent this to us so we can give it away. And it is a High Point carbine in 45. 
And before the end of the year, we're going to be giving this gun away. So you guys need to get ready for that. And when we give it away, we're actually, and, the, and I believe this is threaded. Yep, it's threaded. Um, we're going to give away a suppressor on this thing, too, with this. Can you just give it to me and be done? No. No. But damn. No. Oh, but, you know, you know, I mean, you could, you could be you in the running. Like you could be <laughs> you could be in the running with everyone else. We're going we're gonna to pick someone. We're going to give it away on Utreon live in December. It's going to happen. Uh, I'm putting some details together, but Liberty Suppressors has a 45 suppressor for this. I think they called it like the Yeet, the Yeet suppressor or something like that. Okay. Um, we're going to give this away. So, yeah, that's coming. And I never even opened this box before. So that's that's something that we're going to be giving away here that I've got. And I think that's... Oh, you know what? I got one more gun here. I knew Kevin Dixie was going to bring a lot of guns. I showed this... <laughs> last night, we were talking about amateur radio, two-way radios and stuff like that. We had on um, Ham Radio 2.0 and the guys from Gigaparts. And I showed this a little bit, but I couldn't show it as much as I wanted to. Uh, Keltec yeah. SU-16, SU right there. Very so, nice. So... Um, um, five five six folding. You could shoot it folded. Actually, if you fold it up like, th hold on, let me see. I gotta remember how to fold this thing. Okay, here we go. There we go. So if you fold it like this, you can actually put the magazine, and it could go through the stock, and you could shoot it folded. And this is uh, actually piston, side charging piston right there. You hmm. know. Um, I think I've said this before. The only th my only problem with this. If you put an if you put an optic on here and you tighten it, it actually interrupts the piston in this. Believe it or not. So. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not okay. That's not good. So just go. You're gonna have to go with the iron sights if you're using one of these. That's my personal. That's what I found out from you. So I've been telling people that for a long time. I it, we actually found that out the hard way. Like every time we put it up, and I didn't realize what it was. We kept sending it back to Caltech, and they're like, "Oh, the gun's fine," but we took the optic off. And then we would put the optic back on and we would have the problem. And finally they were like, oh yeah, if you put an optic on here and you lock it in tight, it interrupts that piston going through that part of it. But other than that, this is a good lightweight uh, 5.56 gun that you could fold and throw under a seat or something like there, that. I'm sorry, there is no other than that. If I can't put a dot on my gun, I don't want the gun. <laughs> I knew that like, was I'm coming. sorry, like I'm not trying, I'm like I'm, I'm being honest. Like mm -hmm. it's a right, it's a, it's a carbine. Mm -hmm. I want to put a dot on one. I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. Yeah, you know. I mean, iron okay. sights are good. Iron sights are good, though. You can, you yeah, they're they're good. Sight. But if, if that in the way that that's configured, you know, that could be something you can tote around with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you get up under high stress, I mean, and you know, with that, you can. I'm pretty sure you can reach out easily to 100 yards. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying you would ever be in an active shoot situation mm -hmm. where you need to defend yeah. yourself at 100 yards, but. Still, yeah. I, you can't. Put I mean, I think iron, irons are still good at 100 yards. But yes, I think it is a problem that if you put an optic on there and you tighten it, like what they should do instead of this part being polymer right here, that should be metal. Right? That should be metal there. But, you know, the way they built this gun and the molding and all that, I guess they're not doing it. So, listen, hmm. that's this is we could have this argument for a whole other show talking about Caltech. That's one of the drawbacks of, you know of uh Caltech stuff. There's always some little thing like that that if you do it, you're gonna have some issue. So trust me, I've got years of uh of experience with it. So um, you know. 
Now, what do you guys have anything else? No, I think Sean's froze. Is Sean frozen again? Yep. Yes, he's yes, he looks frozen. I just realized that. The the he gets caught in the mo, the funniest like frozen positions I've ever frozen seen. Frozen front, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably gonna, <laughs> we're probably gonna get him back here in a second. I know we're over the nine o'clock hour, and I know everyone has things to do. So while we're waiting for Sean to come back in here with us, um, Kevin, uh, tell the folks out there how they can support you, where they could find you on social media, like what what uh, training and stuff like that you have coming up. Sure. Uh, you can. Uh, the best way to uh, keep up. Am I froze now? Okay. No, yeah, you're there good. We go. you're good. The, be- the best way to keep up is um, well, two ways actually. The real NOC on all your social media platforms. The mm-hmm. real NOC across the board. Please find us on your favorite platform. We open and honest and tell you we're going to become very active on all platforms at the turn of the year. But but we're always probably going to be the most active on Instagram. So keep up with that. Uh, we are going to start filming actually next week, uh, the new, uh, podcast, Stogies and Straps. So we have a couple of guests coming in town. Uh, we're going to start getting that podcast up and rolling. We're probably going to release that right after Christmas. Uh, give you something to watch over the winter time. People got a few days off, give you some interesting content. It's going to be gun stuff, political stuff. Like the first uh, guest we have was a clinical therapist. We also have a law enforcement officer coming on. So we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. Um, and uh, I said noothechoice.com. Please go over to the website, sign up for training. If you're in the Atlanta area or can get to the Atlanta area on December 11th, we're actually having a BOGO for Christmas. So for our Evolve One Pistol class, it's buy one, get one. Okay. So you get to buy one, <coughs> buy one and bring a guest of your choosing um, uh, to the class and come out and enjoy with us in the Atlanta area. That's going to be on December 11th. You can find that class at noothechoice.com. Just sign up and bring somebody with you. That's all you got to do. There's no, no tricks, no, no nothing to it. Um, and besides that, I will be taking a little R&R here starting tomorrow. I'm going to actually head down to Tampa. It's uh, a cigar festival going down there, the Harris oh Cigar Festival. Uh-oh. So I'm going to fly down to Tampa and uh, get uh, hang out with some. Somebody uh, some, send uh, out some, an alert. Diximus Maximus is going to be in Tampa. Uh-oh. Yeah. Head down to Tampa for a couple of days, relax myself, man, kick it. Uh, hang around some cigar people and pick up some knowledge. And just like I do with guns, I'm going to go down there and pick up some knowledge with, with the stogies and hang out with some friends for a couple of days and come back home and get that podcast cranking. So that's what's going on. And you can support watch Instagram lives. We do have badges going up there. Um, I've been trying to get a lot of fundraising going for the new mission we have next year to expand community and expand freedom. Uh, so I'm basically uh, bringing aiming for the truth and uh, firearms in a very unique way, but we need the public support and I just need you to trust me. So watch the live videos. You can get badges and you can also go to gofundme.com forward slash aiming for the truth and help us out with that. If you are about expanding the second amendment and doing something different to um, help people understand freedom. So awesome. A couple of things there. I want to say, um, you know, you're, I think you're signing up with Utreon. I don't know if everything's worked out. Once you get everything yeah. worked out, if when we go live like this, I can actually, if if people give up money and stuff like that, I go, actually, we, there's a collaboration thing you could do now where I could set a percentage and you'll get a percentage of that or whatever. So, you know, um, they, they're doing that. So people collaborate and do this kind of stuff. Um, the oh, other cool. thing. The other thing I was going to say is if you're going to be in the Tampa area, I'm not sure if Walt is going to be there at Safety Harbor Firearms, but they're in that Tampa Clearwater area. So, okay. um, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. LV Louis Cypher says Caltech is notorious for stupid polymer parts. I can't argue that at all. Um, so there you go. Mm-hmm. And Night Train says they have a high point carbine um, in 40. So there you go, in 40. Um, 
let's <laughs> let's go to Sean here. Where can people uh, find you? Social media? All, how do they support you? Contact you? All that kind of stuff, Sean. Well, not that they would want to, but if they were so inclined, uh, they could go to pewpewtactical.com. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, my main role there is business development, but because of my previous history, I'm still creating content. Uh, my buddy Jackie Billings, our amazing editor, and I recently tag teamed on a shoe review. And I know okay. that's probably not the most exciting thing that you might think about, but we were covering brands like 511, Victos, and Altamont. And uh, we had a blast doing it. And uh, it's kind of cool because it's an alternative for people who are into guns, but maybe you're shopping for that person and you're not going to necessarily spend that money for a gun. Here's some recommendations on some shoes that you can go and check out that are applicable to people in that world, in that space. And uh, and it's a good time. Uh, Also, you can That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And I think there's lots of like sneakers and guns and stuff. We had Devin of Trench Work on and he was talking about that. So I like that kind of stuff. Go, go Man, on. And it's, it's yeah. a really cool crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, people like good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you can also catch us on YouTube. We have a lot of videos there. Um, I have had some pretty interesting adventures since I came on board at PP Tactical. Uh, I've been to Moab, I went Jeeping with Wheeler. And uh, they have a pretty cool release on some tools called the Fat Sticks that are coming out. Um, I was in, uh, well, we already talked about Gunsight, was there for Crimson Trace and their big release on the uh, RAD, which is their rapid aiming dot. Uh, went on a hunting trip recently, got my first buck out in uh, Minnesota with that's, USCCA. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Kevin and Thank I you, went yeah. hunting for the first time, like, what was that, a couple months ago, Kev? Yeah, up in um, up in um, uh, with Brownells. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of cool, man. I like ripping yeah. the heads off those pheasants. That was kind of. Cool. I want to go do that again. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you haven't you haven't done you. Cool. Yeah, you haven't got a buck or anything like that yet. So no, I went. I've been hunting twice. Um, and the first time I went hunting, uh, my boy, my buddy that took me said he'll never take me again. We went hog hunting. He said I talked too much. I was bored. um the my the second time i went out went to go hog hunting we just didn't we didn't see anything but um i just got an invite two days ago from a iraq veteran he wants me to come down and do some uh some deer hunting with him so i'll take that um, up yeah that's gonna be fun oh yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go load up probably right before i take family vacation and go with eric and um Mm -hmm. see if i can catch my first you know decent sized game yeah awesome i look forward to seeing that did you post that sean the, the book that you no, got all of those things are coming out. Um, in fact, probably around Christmas, I uh, also did a tour of Remington, and uh, that was great. That video is coming out. The um, Crimson Trace is already up on YouTube, but the Wheeler and Moab event is going to be coming up a little bit later on. So mm-hmm. just follow on Instagram, uh, check the website for reviews, mm-hmm. and uh, I have an article kind of explaining uh, my first hunt and um, – everything that it was and everything that it wasn't, you know, uh, I know a lot of folks have uh, a heck of a time going out there, working hard, trying to catch some game and they get skunked and, and that that's part of the process. But uh, my situation was um, a lot more in my favor <laughs> and I'm not going to complain about that, but I, I recognize the opportunity that it was. And I thank USCCA for that. So yeah, awesome. just, just check uh, pewpewtactical.com and uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and YouTube. 
Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to, uh, a couple of things. We're going to run in the end, and we're going to come back. One of you guys is going to drop words of wisdom. Who is it? Who's going to do it? Sean. Okay. You, oh, I'll pulled. do it. Fine. Okay, yeah, Kevin Dixie, you do it. <laughs> um, and, and also, like, yeah, we're going to give away this carbine. I've got some uh, Tusk. You know, we're talking about Tusk. I have some Tusk 80%. Uh, lowers that I have to give away. There's a whole bunch of stuff we have to give away before we end the year. So we're going to kind of like cut down the shows as we're coming towards the end of the year, but we're going to be giving away some cool stuff, which we're going to do here live on Utreon. Big thanks to Tusk. Uh, I'm going to run in the end now and come back. And, uh, and, and Kevin Dixie has been elected to give us the words of wisdom. Let me run the end in right now. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us, hanging out with us here. It was a great show. I hope you guys have a great, fun weekend. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. And uh, Kevin Dixie, what are your words of wisdom, sir? As responsible uh, gun owners and decent human beings, remember that we are walking around with the power of life and death uh, on our waistbands, on our ankles, or maybe even strapped to our backs. Um, Recognize that ability. um, Do everything you can not to use that tool or any other tool that can cause hurt, harm, and danger to a human being. Truly be at a point of no other choice. Remember that our responsibility is not just to fight for the Second Amendment, but we are out there to preserve human life. Please do that at every um, chance you get. Be patient, be poised, look to save life, never to eliminate it. Stay a good person of character, be calm, be patient, but yet be vigilant, but be good. And remember, we're trying to leave the earth in a better uh, condition than we found it. And so walk around with that attitude and hopefully that helps you out in your decision making process. Amen. Well said. Well said. I appreciate that. I appreciate both of these guys. Kevin Dixie, no other choice. Make sure you guys check him out and support him as much as you possibly can. He's doing a lot of big things. As well as my friend Sean Curtis of Pew Pew Tactical. Make sure you guys go there, support those guys. You know, you know a dude over there now. We got Sean Curtis is over there. <laughs> you know, um, so make sure <laughs> he's probably the old dude over there, Kevin. But uh, <laughs> that's all right though. <laughs> That's all right, though. We appreciate him over there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys. We're out of here. You guys stay right there. We're out. We'll see you all. Peace. Peace. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on. No, no, no. I got to hit the right button. Hold on. I got to hit the button here first. See, this is the thing. I got to remember to do that. Okay. Hit the button there. End it. And then hit the button here.